podcast 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 main feed before we never had to do that no what's what's a, what's a big line from this room you have to make a podcast pick up you have to pick up podcast i got Ooh, sounds uh, like a, you know Ethan, lim- you're trying to play 4d chess with a podcast you have to podcast aside what's the what's the shea wiggum line he has his own version of the manifest he's he's the living manifestation of destiny oh, fuck. what was uh, it it's like a, he's it's a shape shift. Uh, i'll look it up i yeah. asked bill get to tell me yeah uh, he's a mind reader capable of shape shifting the incarnation of chaos. The incarnation when of he's chaos, like briefing yeah. his men, I, by the way, would be like, "Can we get a new boss? You seem to have already lost your mind." Yes, like, <laughs> this guy's right free in your head, and we haven't even started chasing him. I, I like how the, the movies now increasingly have become like he just breaks people's brains. Uh, his yeah, right. They're just like, like yeah, I don't even want to talk about him. I. Uh, right. uh, Right, because it used to be like when people gave the briefing on what his deal was, they had a sense of control. Yeah. And Shea Wiggum is just like, I'm not even fucking his boss. I'm like a middle manager now sent after him. Here's the thing I miss. Is Angela Bassett now the president in the I universe think, of this movie? Yes, yes. I think that's her which, photo is up yes. in the back. Yeah. Which doesn't make because she was the head of the CIA, correct? Yes. We don't usually elect heads of the Central Intelligence Agency to be president. No, that's the job. <laughs> it's just, you can't really run, you'll be like, well, I did a great job at the CA. What'd you do? Well, I can't tell you. I can't tell Classified. you. <laughs> Actually, maybe that's a good, like, brick wall thing during a debate. Yeah. My opponent won't even, it's classified. It's out of my hands. I kept Ethan Hunt under control. Who's Ethan Hunt? Exactly. <laughs> Should have said job. that name. Yeah. Forget I said it. You didn't know. I have. I, I, I would elect Angela Bassett. Obviously, yeah, I would, and I would love to see her in movie eight. Maybe she'll pop I, up. I have heard she is in it. I don't know. I think that's public. No, I don't know. That way, she was very much a COVID thing. Where I, I mean, think I it get was, it as well. Right. Like, put the picture up, and you're just sort of like, don't worry, we haven't forgot about Angie. She'll yes. she'll show up. Which I think this franchise is pretty good at doing it. Like, not generally writing people off and being like, we don't bring someone back. It doesn't mean they're gone. Case in point, Kidridge. Yes, what exactly. About, what, I mean, the big um, question is is Renner. I, I mean, I hope he's dead. M- McCor- he's not dead. <laughs> the thing McCory has always said was like, he didn't want to come back for Fallout. And there was sort of the choice of like, do, do we you- kill him off? Right. In some interesting way. Right. And he was like, I would rather keep him alive. And if he ever wants to come back, then I'll use him to the degree that he wants to be used. I don't want to just like kill him off because he's not available. Yeah. But I mean, there is the unspoken thing of like, but he will have to accept being the fifth fiddle, like, right. or whatever, if he wants to come back, which clearly he didn't like being. I thought he was so good in Rogue Nation, so, so well used. He's so good in used. both of them. Yes. And now there's this retroactive kind of like, yeah, it's sort of annoying to see Renner. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to pretend Renner didn't have juice. No, you. Oh you yeah, were, you were defending yes. him on Twitter. Someone was doing like, week. isn't it weird that like everyone offered everything Ooh, to this guy? And when you were Renner like, was he was coming off a of two fucking Oscar nominations. The guy was straight fire. Well, that's like the Hurt Locker won Best Picture. Yes, and the, that movie is fifty percent his performance. Yes, he should he should have won the Oscar that year. Who did he lose to? That was the f- that was the fucking Jeff Bridges year, right? 
Oh, right. And we had to give it to Bridges because we hadn't, you know, we'd fucked up prior right. situations. Who won Supporting Actor the year that he was nominated for The Town? That Because I love that. Which car are we taking? Uh, 2010, The Town. Who wins that year? Jeffrey Rush is nominated. But the winner is... Cause it's the Social Network King Speech. I'll tell you in one second. Black Swan. Christian Bale oh, in The Fighter. Uh, a pseudo-lead performance. Yes. Very transformative right. from a actor who was sort of ready for his Oscar. Yes. Yeah. But I would take that back. I would actually give it to any of the other nominated performances before Bale. Really? Really? I think Bale's very good. He's, I think he's good in The Fighter. Yeah. But I think yeah. it felt like it was a we need to give him an Oscar. A little bit of that. Yeah. And also just the, oh, he lost weight again. Oh, yeah. he looks like, you right. know, he looks like shit. Yeah. Um, I would give. I mean, Jeffrey Rush is probably the one. Maybe I'd be like, "Wow, forget Jeffrey Rush. He, is he was like the steepest competition. He's good in it. Though. I mean, yeah. he's good in that movie. But uh, Jeremy Renner, John Hawks in Winter's Bone, which is an amazing oh, performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Ruffalo and the kids are all right, which is like he's really good. Kind of the engine of that movie, like yeah. quietly. Yeah, too uh, quiet. Too quiet. For the Oscars. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. oh, yes. I, I thought you were yeah. saying for you. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, then he fucking yelled in Spotlight and they didn't give him an Oscar either. Yeah. They should have. They knew. They all and know. they let it happen. They all to know. kids. Anyway. Anyway, Renner is not in this movie, but a lot, and neither is Bassett. We're talking about two people who aren't in this film. <laughs> who else is not in this movie? Who is left in the MI-verse, not dead, yeah, I still to be scooped back Paula in? Paula Patton to come back. Yeah, what's she doing? Not much. She's not remarrying Robin Thicke, which is a great choice. Another great choice would be rejoining the Mission Impossible franchise. Is Redgrave dead? Well, I guess uh, Vanessa Redgrave, the actress, is dead. So No, she's no, not. She's, she's not. the one who's so still she can come back. She's the one of the family She can come back. No, but yes. I think she's dead. I think they say in she's the dead in this movie. Yeah, because in, uh, yeah. in uh, yeah. was, it th- was it this movie or was it another movie that where you and Max is introduced and she talks about her mother? In both uh, of them. In- not, not Max, sorry, uh, The White Widow. Yes. But like Kitridge talks about, I think he says your late mother right. or whatever. Yes. No, she's talked about both of them. Yeah. Then um, Dewey Newton. Can we bring her in? Yeah. I'm like, bring everyone. Back. I'm, tr- I'm literally trying to think of who, like Jonathan Reese Myers and Maggie Q are canonically still alive. Correct. Yes. Like yes. they could come back. Yeah. Like what if Maggie Q showed up? I like the idea of the next film having a team of everyone he's worked with in previous movies. I mean, you know, there's a point at which I guess you're turning into... Rise of Skywalker, I am all the Jedi, but I, I, I'm trying to who else? Anil Kapoor, could he come back? He doesn't die in Ghost uh, Protocol. I mean, it'd be weird for him to I'm come still back. still horny. Yes. Um, I do think... Leia said you fell out a window. Um, Michelle Monaghan's still alive. But, but we've... They, but we've they, she, right. was, she was bid goodbye. Yes. That, 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 that loop was closed. But I we feel. should bring Wes Bentley back. Yeah. And Ethan's like, how's... How's your wife? And yeah. he's like, why do you know so much about her? What if they bring back Aaron Paul? Bring him back. Who he's in three. He plays the brother. He plays Michelle Monaghan's brother right. in three. Party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or have him die at the start of eight. Yeah. And Ethan's so sad. And the audience is like, who is he? Yeah. <laughs> um, bring Ricky Gervais back. And they like. Tom Hollander. You weren't in these. And he was oh, like, yeah, but Tom I almost Hollander, was. Yeah. Right. Hollander's the prime, the prime minister. minister in five. Okay. Uh, Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer. I mean, he's, my favorite he's, IMF. Uh, he's coming back. He's bringing Wolf back. Yeah, I per- oh. I'm I'm field agent now. I got promoted. I guess that's it. Look, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. David. That was so you're, you're not even saying end I'm. <laughs> David. David. I'm David. Sims. David.
Uh, it's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Baby, now we're in a mini-series, in the middle of a mini-series right now on Park Chan-wook, our March Madness winner. We're taking a little break. Uh, to Next week, talk about Oppenheimer. True. Christopher Nolan film. And this week, talk about Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. A film... I feel like people are still a little unclear on what the punctuation is on this movie. Mission colon impossible. Which has always made the subtitles hard on these films because you're like the colon's in the middle of the proper title. Right. Is it a double colon franchise? And it's always been mission colon impossible dash subtitle. Right. But then this is adding the part one. Right. So is that just in a your Atlantic review, Dead Reckoning Part 1 is all one phrase. There's no punctuation. There's no punctuation. It's mission, colon, impossible, M dash, Dead Reckoning Part 1. You can't, I mean, the only other thing, a comma yeah. would, would be grammatically, I suppose, accurate. Dead Slash. Reckoning Part 1. What about parentheses? Parentheses Part 1. That would, that would be very silly. Someone's knocking on the door. I can't tell if this is a bit or not. Ben just went to the bathroom and now someone's <laughs> knocking on the door. I'm going to get love the door. It. No, well, go look out the peephole. Looks like delivery. Hi. No bits. Okay. See Pro Smith. Pro Smiths? Cars 2 makes Cars 3. Look like cars one. Blanket. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just had a heart attack. That guy was handsome. That guy was really handsome. That guy had the juice. Okay, can, I, I, <laughs> I want to explain what just happened. Ben went to the bathroom. The door is closed. There's a knock at the front door of the office. <laughs> we sit here. We're like, what's going on? Is this by mistake? I tentatively rise to the door. You heard all of this. We were recording on this. I rise to the door. Go right. Just explain it all, please. This very Ben hands- has run to the bathroom during yes. all of this. Yes. yes. He's not here. This very handsome man wearing a bicycle helmet and a reflective vest, like a messenger, just looks at me very intensely and says, no bits. Stone-faced. <laughs> and I just look at him trying to figure out where this is going. And then, David, you say pro Smiths. Yep. Like, oh, this is some I, fucking... I, I, I understood, I suppose, the game of, like, you know, the... It's a Mission Impossible right, the, style. You, know, right, well, the, you have to complete the sentence. But it opens with a DoorDash guy. It right. does. Right. The new one opens with a yeah. DoorDash guy. So he says, uh, uh, no bits, I say pro Smiths. Yeah. He says, cars... Two. Makes Cars 3 look, look like, like and I said one. Cars 1, and then he said Blanket, and I said Thank it, and he handed me a manila envelope. <laughs> and now I'm going to open this. Ben is grinning ear to ear like a treasure cat. <laughs> and inside here, I cannot believe this. It says Beneath the Party. It's just one piece beneath of paper. Party? <laughs> is that me? Wait a second. Like the party beneath party? the Party. Is it, is is it, it under maybe, the desk? Or is it under the chair? Is it under the chair, Marie? Marie, is there something under the chair? Marie Barty Party Barty is here, along with producer Ben, who is orchestrating some kind of so dark the kind of man. No, yep, you're almost there. Just look under the chair. Under the legs of the chair? Oh, oh. 
<laughs> oh boy. Okay. Okay. So now there's another. There's a tape recorder. There's a tape recorder. Oh my god! Wait, there must be something and on. I that. don't know anyone in this room who likes to do bits with tape recorders. No, no and certainly Norm Macdonald died, so that leaves a big void. In the world of tape recorder comedy, should I, should I press play? I guess. I mean, we should find mic? out what it, yeah, what it let's is. Let's see what this is. Ben, I had no right. idea this was happening. Good morning, Mr. Newman and Mr. Sims. In 2016, on a mission known as Pod Reacher Never Go Cast, okay. you yeah. first encountered the writer director Christopher McQuarrie, sort of alias McHugh. Yeah. Okay. In the years since, you have recorded Patreon exclusive episodes covering the three other McHugh directed films Correct. The Way of the Gun yeah. and The Mission's Impossible Rogue Nation and Fallout, in what some have dubbed the Stealth McQuarrie miniseries. Correct. In these encounters, you have confronted an incontrovertible truth mm. that McHugh, through his alliance with good actor Tom Cruise, mm -hmm. has earned blank check status. I agree with this. Eight yeah. days ago, at the AMC Empire 25 in Times Square, you both attended a screening of their latest film, Mission Impossible Dead is Reckoning this Patrick Part Willems? 1. Is that... Your mission, yeah, okay. should you choose to accept it, uh -huh. is to record a two-plus-hour discussion about the film and thereafter release that recording to the public. We have already dispatched a team selected from your usual group. Marie Barty, okay. codename Barty uh -huh. Party, right. will handle social media and help produce the show. Are you cool with that? And Ben Hosley, also known by various aliases, sure. will produce, peep, and detect farts. <laughs> As always, should you or any member of the BCP force be caught or killed, uh -huh. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts will okay. disavow okay. all knowledge of your actions. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Oh my ah! god! Through the tape recorder on the ground, it is now without a battery cover or its batteries. Yeah. Broken. Oh my god! But that's not all. It's been me the whole time in a mask that looks exactly like my face. Okay, so Ben just ripped off a Ben Hosley mask to reveal that he is in fact. Ben I will Hosley. also say, recording this podcast can be annoying. Yeah, it can be a bit of a stressor. Not impossible. I would say it's impossible. And it sounds like we're doing a pretty regular task yeah. for us. One would argue I was already <laughs> has the dumbest <laughs> grin. <laughs> I was already making like fairly good progress in setting up the basic idea that then this series of messages assigned me as if it was going to be a challenge. <laughs> well, I think it would have been an impossible task if, you know, if uh, we had to record the episode within a 30 minute. That's true. Timeline. I'm glad they gave yeah. us the, the freedom. Yeah. Two and a half hours seems Stretch very doable. For it us. feels doable. Um, yeah. Yes. As that message very clearly outlined. Uh, Macquarie has been a, a stealth miniseries. Uh, earlier in the days of the show, sometimes David and I would just get hyped up about a new release movie and be like, fuck it, we're doing an episode on this. Right. Which now, there are enough directors we've covered in the past who have new films coming out that we rarely slot in a new release film outside of the ones we are, like, obligated to do because who's got the time? 
Ah, so many pods to do. Right. So many casts. Even if we like something, we're like, well, maybe we'll cover it later in some other form. Yes, or whatever. The, 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 no phrase sends a chill up my spine more than emergency episode. Yes, not yes. happening, right? Yeah. But we did, uh, we love look the first Jack Reacher. We do. Look, when we did that Way of the Gun episode, that yes. was us agreeing in a sort of like a silent handshake yes. of like, we will now, Macquarie is now officially a on our list right if he does a new movie yes we're agreed yeah because it does feel like i mean look he's continued to say last mission impossible not going back ever again and then signing up for another one uh and this two-parter had been pitched as like the grand finale and now he's sort of walking that back in the press but it does feel like he's always talking about his post-mission projects that are very intriguing to me but he's never going to do them. Well, maybe one day. I don't know. Well, he's got to do eight now. Yes. And then I bet you we get suckered into doing nine. I know. Eight, eight. He's already started talking about it. Well, this is in the end. Can I can I throw out a theory? And I just this is a, a Griffin Newman on the record. No inside sources on this. So this is just something I think. Okay. Okay. They announced that they were doing seven and eight back to back. That was an announcement, right? After Macquarie was yes. like, good luck to the next guy. I wouldn't know how to top myself. But and we knew he was lying. And then, of course, the surprise announcement. Oh, not only is he back, he's doing two, right? And everyone was like, two? They're shooting two back to back? And the attitude was sort of like, they probably want to get as much stunt stuff while the getting's good. Cruise is on the brink of 60, right? And then a global pandemic and change later. Their plans got so stretched out in... Over the time it, they had originally allotted to make both movies together, they only got the first one done. Right. And this whole thing has stretched out much longer than anyone expected. Yes. Um, but the whole announcement was like, they're coming back for two final films to close it up. Aquarian and Cruz are going to just wrap the whole thing up. That had always been the line. Now that he's promoting part one, he's like, who said? We never said. We never said. We never said. I, this is my Griffin Newman on the record prediction. I feel like... He's got to die in the next one. And if they were advertising it as such, in the way that, like, uh, Avengers Endgame, everyone was like, Downey Jr.'s contract's up. They're definitely going to kill off Iron Man. We know his contract's up. This thing of, like, the public being too wise to the machinations of the planning of these movies, that it ruins plot points. If he's like, no, we're talking ideas for nine, that still adds you some think tension. He's throwing you off the scent. That's my guess. Why does he have to die? I don't. I can't see Ethan Hunt dying. No, I can see impossible. him doing a Dark Knight Rises sort of ending where he is sure. he fakes killed his off. Death. It's finally it, you know. like time for Ethan to be done. Right, could see that. And he's but I kind of think it's like or something. I don't. I just wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy him being dead or him retiring. I'm like, now nah, he's just always going to be waiting for the next. That's why I possible mission. But that's why I think he needs to die. I'm just like, this guy isn't going to be freed until he's. In I'm the very, ground. I'm very anti-death. In general or yes. just with Ethan Hunt? No, in general. Okay. As a plot device, as, uh, you know, whatever, a sort of stakes-raising thing. Uh-huh. But then again, this movie does a death that I didn't mind. Interesting. So I'm eating my own words. Yeah. We're talking Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's for all the misophoniacs out a there. A film... That we all saw a week ago at the time of this recording. That's right. And that comes out later this week. We are. Uh, yes. Sam no, it no, comes out next, next week. Oh, you're it comes right. Comes out a week yeah. from. It comes out next week. Today. This week. Right. It's all about that red door. Yes. Creek. 
What's behind it? Insidious. Patrick Wilson's debut as a filmmaker? Five or six? Five. Oh, five. I forgot he was directing this. Yep. That's, that's where I'm just there, like, making another Insidious movie. I'm like, guys, come on. Patrick Wilson's directing it. I'm like, oh, little intro. What's his take? <laughs> What's his take? What's his take yeah, on the movie? Girl. Yeah. Uh, no, one of those, like, quietly fucking durable franchises. I just think like, oh, Insidious, those like dropped off after a while and you're like four open to 40. The advantage of Insidious is unlike, say, Saw or Paranormal, yeah. it has no particular canon that it needs to say, maintain. It's it doesn't like, feel caught up in its There's a spirit world lore. that has demons in it. Right. Sometimes, you know, they, they start messing with you. I have never seen any of these movies. You I've like just them. seen the the like still of Patrick Wilson and then like a, a little red man with a little red man behind him smiling like no a, a oh, maniac. He's no good. He's no good. He's no good. Now imagine Patrick Wilson behind the camera, <laughs> right, looking in the viewfinder of the little Patrick. red man. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a little red man behind you. Yeah. Um, no, you'd like them. They're very campy. Like in a, it's that James Wan thing. Very sincere. I've never very, seen any of them. They're good. And I love Wan. I love Wan and Wannell. Yeah. Anyway. Mission Impossible. We saw it a week ago. We have tickets to see it again a On week Monday. from yeah. now uh, in IMAX. So we're recording this in the middle of... We, we, we took the train home, Murray, after the film. And you were just like, am I going to be able to remember all of this a week from now? Because it is, it, it is a, a, a plot-heavy movie. I think more than the last couple... I, 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 David, you and I have been sharing some takes on, on quiet, over the text. But quiet, quiet. Trying not to like, burn them. Exactly. But there are a lot of interesting things I think this movie is doing. We're recording this in the space before the public at large gets to see it. And most of the reviews come out. Uh, well, I think the embargo just lifted right before we started recording. It did feel like no one's like angry about this movie. But I am sensing that some people are a little disappointed. I yes. think it's just because Ooh. Fallout was like ultimate adrenaline rush. Names. Don't want to name names. It'd be rude. Well, you know at least a couple people. Yeah. Well, Ehrlich kind of came around to it. Has he? Yeah, he gave it a B plus and wrote some glowing things about it. He can go to hell. Yeah, I give him an A triple plus, this movie. That's what I give it. Um, Love you, David. I already berated you in text. You and I have the same stance on this, and I unapologetically love this movie. It got me amped as fuck. It was exactly what I wanted in a summer where I have really been struggling with most of the blockbusters. Um, but that we both felt like this movie is a strategic zag. Yes, I think so. The movies have been escalating on a specific line, and mm -hmm. it was, like, going to be impossible for it to keep on outdoing itself. And it also feels to me like this movie is very pointedly starting to, like, go back to point one, which is where I, like, believe that they are consciously trying to wrap this I thing think, up. I think you're right. But did you pay that guy to say all that stuff? Yeah, what was the, what was the machinations of this? Who was that guy? I was, like, I was worried it was a fan of the show I was found too. our address. Yeah, he, Griff was we, actually yeah, nervous. I got he played it so straight is that I almost like a, thought he was a like a psychopath. Is yeah, he like I a singing worried. telegram type of thing? No. He just he, hit his marks, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's a friend. Oh, okay. He is a friend. Okay. okay. Um, he is an actor. Okay. His name is Teo Olsen. Okay. I mean, he's a great guy. Great Shout performance. Out. We have to yeah. say. I think he did a fantastic job. He did really well. He did really well. Knew his yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just Griff was talking about the series, and I'm like, uh-huh. Wait, 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 what, what was what, that? Again? What happened? There? I yeah. didn't realize the noise was coming from the front door. I thought it was Ben knocking on the door of the bathroom, and you were having <laughs> some sort of bathroom emergency. Ben and we had to like to go, go to the there. bathroom during that, so we were just <laughs> left scrambling. <laughs> 
I couldn't help myself, okay? And no, it was funny. It was really good. Uh, Ten comedy points. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And oh, and and shout out to uh, Teo. Teo, as well as Patrick Willems. Yeah. Yes. Great yes. performances. I wish both. I got a picture of the guy. Is he still here? We were so, like, it, it's hard to <laughs> convey how disorienting this was. Uh, it was good, though. Yeah. It was well executed. It was great. Yeah. Um, but, but the first Mission Impossible, when it came out, the original Brian De Palma film, which we've covered on Patreon, uh, everyone's thing was like, this movie's impossible to follow, right? That was the beat on it. You Absolutely. read all the reviews at the time, and they're like, this movie is incomprehensible. That's wild. 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 Because uh, it feels just like, that movie feels simplistic almost by the standards of how Labyrinthian most franchise plotting has become. It's now. true. It's really just like, it was John Voight all along, and you're like, okay. Right. It has a twisty, turny plot. I can't write, you know. It's also some... that thing where it's like, there's a lot of jargon, but the jargon doesn't really matter. Yeah. Which I think people were just kind of not used to of like, either this is Tom Clancy and this is like well-researched, even if it's pulpy. Sure. Or it's Star Wars and nothing matters. And they're like, this movie is taking place in the real world and everything they're saying sounds silly to me. Um, this movie feels like it's very tonally kind of back to that De Palma zone. I felt like some of the references were intentional. Yeah, of course. And bringing in Henry Zerny is, you know, and then the, the final, uh, the final action sequence on a train. Is like very much an homage. But there's also this early sequence where um, there's the briefing mm -hmm. that Kitridge is doing mm -hmm. with Carrie Elwes mm -hmm. on yes. the entity, who we'll talk about a lot, and I think has some really interesting ideas. Mm. <laughs> I think he's got some interesting ideas. Chris, Kristen is entity pilled. I'm I'm kind of into the entity. <laughs> I think he's cool. I think he's charismatic, and he's got some good points. Girls, um, good parties. But Ben was saying like it was weird, like the way they were talking. It was like everyone was like completing each other's sentences. You have this like boardroom of like um, uh, Rob Delaney yeah. and Mark Gaddis. Uh, Indira Varma. Yes. Um, and they're all finishing each other's and sandwiches. Yes. Charles Parnell. Charles Parnell. Warlock himself. Yep. Yes. Uh, was, do you think Charles Parnell, and also it wasn't Greg Tarzan Davis, He's the, Maverick the, guy. the junior member. He's right. Do you think yeah. it was like he makes Top Gun and is like, Correct. I want to yeah. bring oh. my two friends oh. on this movie? Yeah, a zillion, no, million no. percent. It was yeah, like, yeah. I think uh, uh, Tarzan Davis has talked about on set. Cruz was like, would you want to do this? We're thinking maybe we could like write something for you. Very nice of him. We like you. Yeah. Your mission, should you choose to accept yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but like, that scene is sort of, like, very stilted on purpose, mm -hmm. as you're saying. It's, like, very theatrical. It's people, like, monologuing about, like, the intensity of the situation. Yes. In this way that I do think is, like, a, a vibe adjustment. Um, I, but the, the, there's something else about that scene that's very important. Which is? It's, like, them all being, like, can we, once and for all, get down on paper, what is the IMF? Yes. What is its position in the U.S. <laughs> intelligence community? Yes. What are they called on for? Like, what is their specific remit? Right. What, why do they exist? Yes. To what extent does the president know they exist? Yeah. Now, in the way it's described in this movie, mm -hmm. I think does kind of go against how it's been presented in other movies. Mm -hmm. Like, in three, they have an office. Mm -hmm. This does not suggest they have an office. 
Right. If that makes sense. Yes. You know, in four, Tom Wilkinson is that classic thing from the TV show, the secretary for the IMF. Right. Which they haven't had secretary in a couple of exactly. Movies now. Then Baldwin yeah. gets that role, I right. guess. You know, but like, right, that seems to have gone away. I guess now, Baldwin just dies in the last one. There's no secretary in this one. Yeah. Right. But now it's just sort of become like, no, they're like a traveling troupe of entertainers. Yes. And if you, you know, put a note in an apple and throw it into, you know, the fucking ocean, then Ethan Hunt will get word. I do think it's funny that this movie starts to make the IMF seem a little bit more like the triple X program, where it's like, we get the most dangerous people in the world. Right. That we also, yeah. them off the grid. The, they're adding, they added some backstory for Ethan Hunt, which feels maybe like <laughs> it was a very much a new thing that yes, oh, because is not present all the way look, in the movies. I, I want to rewatch the De Palma, which I've seen many times. I've seen it since twice we did the commentary. The past, like mm-hmm. three weeks. It, it fucking owns. Yeah. yeah. But like that movie references his parents. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that movie very much is like He's an agent. He's like a, a good government boy. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's he's shiny that '90s Tom Cruise. Positions him like he's one of the other guys in the yeah. interview room in Men in Black. That right. it's like you're the best of the best of the best. Here he was a top well, what, something. What I, what I thought was interesting is you know we all talk about Ethan Hunt as the living manifestation of destiny, of an agent of chaos. Yeah. He is a singular figure. The way he's introduced in in one. It's just it, lots of two shots of him and Emilio mm-hmm. or like all of the, the crew around a table. Right. It you, does not identify Tom well, as they're, like... They're trying to also kind of... Shock you. Shock you with, oh, everyone's going to die. But right. still, yeah. it looks like he's like a member of a team. Right. He's, he's just team. one peg oh, totally. in a... Yes, he's yeah. not the guy. Yeah. But that's always been... I, I think the thing that Macquarie did that was really smart as like the first... Three movies in particular. First two, it's like, who is this guy? He's a cipher, right? Three comes in the moment where Cruz is starting to, like, go off the tracks. And they're like, we're going to super ground him. We're going to show you that he, like, has a home life and a wife. And he's trying to balance Normal. He has the most normal sex. It's boring. Right. And then the movies since then have basically framed that as, like, he tried and he could not do it. Mm -hmm. Right. He is just this. And in the movie since then, he has just become an insane man. Right. Who just gathers people like he's, you know, a Rolling Stone or whatever. Addicted to saving the world and his only, like, his his vice, his his greatest uh, weakness is the idea of a single person dying. A thing he right. cannot handle. He cannot abide it. Right. One death. But, like, in Ghost Protocol, right, it's yes. like there's another team, the Josh Holloway, Paula Patton team, right? right. right? There's still the... Uh, concept oh benji got promoted yes. by like a boss right and then like and the more we go on the more it's like no the imf are like this clown show that yeah. the cia yeah can i ask another question tolerates. i don't know if there is an answer to it within the lore okay the imf is not strictly american correct uh says who i think it, I think is. it is i think it is yeah okay. it is strictly american yeah is it what's your- it's proud to be american hey. We're recording this on the 5th of July. <laughs> right. Uh, but then... July 4th plus one. Yeah, well, because they, ta- they talk <laughs> about... America's second favorite thing. Ilsa as being former British but intelligence. But she's not in the She's IMF. never been part of the IMF officially. Okay. Benji mm-hmm. yeah. is always working for the IMF. Yes. He yes. is English. But he's yes. English. Yes. And here's what happened there. They cast Simon Pegg in the role. Yeah. And worked backwards from there. Okay. Yes. I just, no, I mean, it is ostensibly an American agency. But then, okay, so the agency. first movie, mm-hmm. what's her, Emmanuel Bayard is French. Sure, yes. 
uh, yeah, no, the first Kristen movie, Scott they're Thomas. very international. Yeah. Kristen yeah. Scott Thomas, right. you know, as we yeah. all know, uh, you know, Emilio Estevez is um, Venezuelan. I don't know. He's, he's American. <laughs> but uh, no, you're, you, I, these are all fine questions. There, yeah. There's never been answers to no, any of these no, questions. No, to any of these. Now, I'm not a viewer of the TV show. Uh-huh. Neither am I. I don't know if the TV show, which is obviously separate, you know, has more right, right has more on this, but they're here to handle you know America's impossible missions. Yes, and they do that with a palm. Yes, but this movie is very much like yeah, we they're sort of like almost like contractors for the weirdest stuff. Right, and and, then, and he's the weirdest of all of them. The yes. the point I was building up to here is that like. It was a franchise for a while that was unique in the fact that it, like, wasn't really about its lead character. It was about the movie star, and it was a vehicle for the styles of directors. And you were like, can you define who Ethan Hunt is at all? And you're like, he's a guy that Tom Cruise plays. And then I think it starts in Ghost Protocol when McCory comes in as a writer and then really gets raised to the next level when he starts directing the films of, like, oh, no, the key is that, like, Ethan Hunt is Tom Cruise. That you, like, right. take everything that is simultaneously captivating and, like, a little bit unnerving about this guy and his, like, single-minded devotion. And the movies have now become basically about Tom Cruise's, like, absurd pathological commitment to the idea of, like, keeping an idea of movies alive. Yes. And more an idea and of movie stardom and all this, you know? As, of course, was Top Gun Maverick. As, as yeah. it seems are just right. all Tom that's, Cruise movies. That's what days. all is right. Mine. Yes. Uh, and I, I think, I think McCoy had sort of like tapped into is like, oh, the first, the TV show was always a team. The first yeah. movie, the team dies at the beginning and that's sort of the fake out. Right. right. And then he's like, I don't have a team. He's I work alone. It's team. just Ving Rhames and two and three. He's got a team that doesn't stick in four. They assign him a team and he's like, by the way, just know you are not my team. Like he keeps but on he, saying, he's you're got not my like team. team guilt at that point. Totally. He's, right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like this guy has never gotten over letting that team die. Right. In the first movie, not letting them die, but not being able to save them. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, well, I can't, I cannot get involved with a team ever again. And then the last couple of movies, this team has built around him. And now you've added this sort of like original like sin of his life, which is he like in his days of being like Aladdin. Yeah, he was Aladdin. He was like a, a pickpocket. Dun, 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 dun. One step. Ahead. Yeah, I don't know what he was, but he was sure he was in violation of the law I in mean, some yeah, way. I have a note in my notes saying Ethan Hawke scumbum question Ethan mark. Hawk? Not Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hunt. Mm. Scumbum no, yeah. question mark question greasy, mark. Greasy question long mark. hair. That flashback. I don't buy. Yeah, you had some pushback on the, well, on the, the hair, hair didn't feel right to me. Well, what year do we think that would be? If well, the first movie is 96. I don't know, 91. 91. So by the time we, he's only in the IMF for five years. By the time we get to, I mean, how old is he in Mission yeah, Impossible? I guess he's like 34. I mean, he's, yeah, he's know. in his like grunge okay. era. How long do you want the man to be? Yeah, yeah, he would be. Yeah, he'd be 30 years old in 1992. So let's even say the late 80s. Yeah, right. Born on the 4th of July, he had long hair. He was and born that. on the 4th of July. No, we Tom Cruise was famously born on the 5th of July. I'm not joking. The second most patriotic day. Wait, today? Isn't that right? Let me look Are up. we recording this on Tom Cruise's birthday? I take it back. The 3rd of July. Fuck! I knew it was it. one day off. I just didn't remember which direction. America's third most patriotic day. Happy yeah. birthday, Tom. Yeah. Oh, right. He made like a whole thing about like how happy he was to celebrate his birthday with Mission Impossible fans around the world. Nothing he loves more. Nothing than to he celebrate loves more. With fans. Yeah. This whole movie, though, is about like he's like, I have finally accepted that I care about my team and they are my team. Right. And now it drives me insane that like all I care about is trying to keep them alive. 
sure. right, the sense of selflessness that is almost like pathological uh, within him. But um, uh, Christian Ricard does these great Empire Magazine hours long podcast interviews whenever a new Mission Impossible movie comes out, break out the whole thing, right? And he talked a lot about when Fallout came out, where you have the extended sequence where it feels like they don't stop the explosion from going. Right. And you're like, oh, God, the world is being nuked. Right. Like, they blew it. The cold opening of this movie is they fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you start a movie this way? And Macquarie's like, I want to play with the audience thinking, are they fucking, like, are they the filmmakers fucking up? Right. Are they ruining this movie? Right. Are they breaking this franchise? And then you have the reversal. Oh, it was Wolf Blitzer. It was staged. They got the passcodes. They stopped the thing from happening. They fake the news footage. All that stuff is great. This movie starts with this submarine sequence with no characters you recognize speaking in Russian, yes. right? Yes. Uh, it feels very Hunt for Red October, not just because of its setting, but even just its style. I think this whole movie feels very McTiernan in its style. A um, little bit. Well, I mean, the man made a great submarine movie. He did. You have this voiceover explaining this, like, sort of this thing they have on board they that looks board. like a bomb but the, seems yeah, hooked up to a computer. The only way you can unlock it is with two keys that look put cool. together. Yeah. It's kind of, also kind of a throwback to the knock list. Yep. In the first movie where there are two. You yes. gotta find both. I like it. Um, uh, I do love a, f yeah, a fun fancy key, though. But this yeah. is, like, very, yes. th this is, like, very straightforward, very earnest, very dramatic, right? And they're like looking at their radar screen, and there seems to be a missile Captain, coming the, at the them. The torpedo is coming towards us, right? Ah, 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 ah. And then it like doesn't hit, and they're like, "What's going on?" And I'm sitting there waiting for the moment where like it turns out what they thought was a missile with Ethan was Ethan Hunt, and he rips yes, the right. door off with his bare hands, right. or the submarine captain rips his mask off, and it was him, and he was faking it or whatever. And instead, no, a missile hits them, the <laughs> thing blows up, yeah. they sink to the bottom of the ocean, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Well, this is a deliberate choice." To start out the movie yeah. with none of the characters we know, something actually going wrong, and it sets like a pallor over the film immediately. Yeah. In a way that I thought was like, well, this is interesting because he darker. went out of his way to subvert the expectation that maybe he was doing that in the last movie. And now he's like, no, I am doing this. And they also have a weird computer on board that goes like... Yes. Every time it does something bad. Yeah, it looks... Does it? Do you think it looks cool? Yeah. Looks like a screensaver. It does look like it's a like screensaver. It's like a big thingy. Yeah. Oh, they hit themselves with their own missile. Yeah. Torpedo. Right. Yeah. The uh, the computer was an act of self-preservation, right? This, this thing, the entity, was not uh, even hinted at in any of the trailers, I feel like. I did not know going in. This There's was... only one hint, which okay. is the logo of the film itself. It does is the, the entity right. circular sort of mm. interface, but that is it. I did not know this was a, no, an AI film. No, that started coming out after the premiere. People were like, so the villain's like AI. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And they were like, it's like an AI. And I was like, I thought it was like Isai Morales. And they were like, sure, but it's really an AI. He's kind of the AI's henchman. Yeah, he's the AI's like Jaws. avatar. Right. Yeah, you know. Right. Um, and so that was surprising. Mm -hmm. um, the, but the trailers were obviously all just like, you have to make a choice. And, yeah. You know, this is the craziest thing Pick that's ever side. happened. Pick a side. All yeah. that shit. You know, it's a fucking Mad Men promo. Right. But we go from that to another, Shut the door. another the door. scene of Shut like the door. Ethan Hunt living in some weird, aberrant, abandoned space. Yeah. And ordering DoorDash. Yes. Right. In Amsterdam. It's it's right, but it's not DoorDash. It's like 
eat run or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, like f- food now. Right. But but in fact, it is this guy delivering his message. Yeah. Much and like, he's an agent in training or right. whatever. He's, and he's like know. giving him the tips of how to write, uh, get started. And then we like we have our mission, which is uh, uh, Elsa, Elsa Faust, our friend Rebecca Ferguson um, has now acquired she one half, half of this the key. key. You don't know why you have to get it back from her. There are Motives a bunch of people unclear. who want right. her dead. Right. right. You can get it back from her alive or dead. What you do with her is up to you. Yeah. And then we cut to this big barnstorming desert thing mm-hmm. where Ethan's getting her. And she's being chased by all the bad guys. She's got a little eye patch at one point that's so cute. Yeah. She does look pretty but bad. No hat. I mean, come on. It's Rose. It's Rose the hat. Oh, but uh, that's only when she's in character as Rose the hat, I yeah. guess. I like she to puts consider the hat on canon as Rose anywhere I see her. So what do you what do you want? Like a like a Dr. Seuss hat in this one? <laughs> you want like a cat in a hat? Yeah, and I want her to suck some damn steam. Yeah. <laughs> There was a moment where they're like looking for Ethan, I guess. I don't know. Everyone's everyone's out to get her, right? And the camera uh, like pans over and you see that Ethan is hiding behind like a sandbank with his horse who is lying flat. And he's stroking like the side of the horse. And then when the other men clear friend to animals in like one fluid motion, the horse just gets up with him on top of it. Right. And you gasp, David. Yes. I mean, I'm just very impressed by the physics of horses all the time. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yes. Friends of animals. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's sort of like a thoroughbred himself, Ethan Hunt. He understands. Yeah. But you see him. Mm -hmm. What? I mean, I guess you see him get to her. Then it cuts out of there. No, no. It's seen. They do a fake out. It looks like she's dead or something. You're like, oh, my God. Then he cut back to the a bunch. Briefing. Yes, the whole Henry Zerny. Right. Journey. Journey. How do you say it? Journey. Zerny. 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 Journey. Zerny. Yeah. Really good in Ready or Not. Is that what it was called? Yeah. I think uh, fucking unbelievable in this movie. He is great in this. He is great. Just the incredible, just sort of like staring at someone, g- growling. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's a great... What do you want to call him? Sort of, you know, stick in the mud. Crank pot. Right. Um, he's got so much anger in this in a way that's interesting. Uh, right. Um, this movie is very skeptical mm-hmm. of the U.S. sort of intelligence apparatus, mm-hmm. which I would say the last few movies have all kind of nodded at. This is a little more concrete about it. I think this movie is very skeptical of everything. I think. Everything? I do. I think. Friendship? I think. That's one of the only things it holds dear as an absolute truth in this world. Yes. Uh, no, there's a, there's a lot of people saying, like, we're trying to make this movie like more of like a 70s political thriller, right? Right. But I feel like often it's kind of a performative thing, and it ends up being like, oh, like one organization is bad, but you can believe in all other organizations or whatever it is, right? Right. And this is a movie that is kind of like, reality feels like it's sort of falling apart at the seams. This is like a destabilizing time to be alive. And everyone is just kind of confused and worry and skeptical. And I do think we're seeing a lot of things try to write about AI right now. And I think the thing this movie gets right that makes it like one of the more interesting dramatic explorations of AI for me is just the feeling of unease of like, it's not even that we should definitely be afraid of this thing. It's that we don't, we know we don't understand it. Unpredictable. And we don't understand the speed at which it's going 
And the moment where we figure out what it is, it's going to be too late in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it will settle on itself before we realize what it's settled on. And I do think that just adds to this air of everything of, like, we've created this thing. This thing has been created. It's existing out there. We have lost control of it. We just don't know what anything is anymore. And they view Ethan with that sort of skepticism as well, where they're like, we've trained this guy in this program. And now every single fucking movie, he goes rogue. He goes sure. rogue and he does some crazy thing that we don't understand. He pulls it off. But no one really wants to, like, be held accountable for what he's doing. Um, but I also just think it's sort of that, you know, the, the U.S. government has decided it wants this uh, AI thing. Mm -hmm. Not because they know what they can do with it, but just because everyone else wants it too. Yeah. So we better get it first. Yes. Because it'll be make us best. Right. And everyone, it's, it's sort of like... Uh, it's like an Indiana Jones artifact, right? Right. It's a thingy. It's a thingy, but it's also the thing where they're just like, this thing is so fucking powerful. Right. You don't understand. Yeah, and exactly. everyone thinks like, well, everyone has the Ben attitude of like, well, if I got it, I would know how to work it and I would figure everything out. Yeah. And everything would be the best. Right. Whereas I think most Mission Impossible movies, they're like, this guy has a bomb and he will set off the bomb unless you give him a lot of money. Well, and he's a psychopath. Let me think right. about There's this. no reason why he's doing it, so, really. In the first one, it's the knock list, which is basically like a list of all the CIA agents, right? That's the MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really what they're after the whole time, right? Sure. The second one, it's a virus. Right. Uh, you know, deadly virus. Chimera. Yeah. The chimera. Bad. Yes. The third one, it's total bullshit. It's the rabbit's foot. We never right. even know what it is. Right. Doesn't matter. The joke matter. is that it doesn't matter. Classic, right. Yes. You know, the fourth one... Back to more straightforward. This guy wants to set up nuclear bombs because he thinks that'd be good. Yes. Right. That's like you're saying. He, right. He's like, it would be good for that to happen right. to the world. Yes. Fifth one. Well, I guess now we're in the, you know, fucking Sean Harris character. Yes. What's his name? Solomon Lane. Thank Solomon you. Lane. You know, and it's what do they want? They kind of want to disrupt the world order. Right. Wasn't the whole him and John Larkin is, sixth? Is yeah. that the the one where the rogue it's, agents? Uh, yeah, the rogue agent. The, the agents know. we thought were dead right. are yes. alive they're and are forming their that's own a, counter. A rogue nation, if you will. correct. Okay. Yes. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, right. So there's like you know that that that's what I'm saying. It's sort of creeping in this sort of like undercurrent of like whatever it is the current world order. Yeah, we're skeptical. We want them to do the opposite. But it's also it's like uh, radicals who come in and either want power or want to like disrupt the status quo, you know, the natural order of things or whatever it is. And this movie, yes, the th call is coming from inside the house. Yes, and it's also like we thought S.A. Morales was going to be the main villain, and instead you're like he's no, he's like the muscle man mm -hmm. for this villain that no one understands. That is this yeah. like unknown. Yeah. The power is yeah. the thing itself. I was yeah. feeling very paranoid immediately from the submarine scene, which I think yes. is the intent of the movie. So that when a mysterious person enters the CIA briefing yes. and the camera keeps cutting to them. A very severe looking man with correct. like spiky hair. My, yeah. He looks awesome. I yeah. mean, he looks in the trailer, radicine. I thought it was Shea Wiggum. With the glasses oh, on, he kind of looks like Sure. Anyway, yeah. It doesn't matter. I said to David, I was like, this feels like an X-Files thing. I literally yeah. thought that man was like the the entity had right. figured out how to like have a human shell. Yes. Right. So uh, it's it ends up being Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah. with a face mask. Yeah. And Ehrlich has not stopped making fun of me ever since we saw the movie. Oh, Marie didn't realize it was Tom Cruise. Marie didn't realize it was Tom Cruise. I'm like, you know what? He's annoying. That guy also got like such a key shot in the trailer because his little glasses and his little face mask look cool when he sets That's off cool. the bombs. Right. 
that I was I was with you. I was like, has the entity already taken human form? Yeah. Which it does not in this movie, but it's just this feeling of like, it is everywhere. And I think this is the other big thing with this movie is like, uh, these movies have like not been super invested in continuity, right? And Macquarie talks a lot about like, I hate fan service. I hate Easter eggs. I don't think that like really lasts. Those are like kind of cheap pops. Sure. That don't linger. You, you don't want to do it for no reason. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this movie is like tying back into one more, bringing up Max more, putting Kittredge in it, hitting that tonally, invoking the train chase from the end of the first one. There is this feeling that like you're watching a movie that is being written by the entity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like one of the things that is interesting about this movie is like, they're all operating not totally knowing if what they're trying to do is correct. Right. Because the entity is, like, fucking with the fabric of reality so much. Sure. What does that mean? Well, Like, how does it do that? Is it influencing people in the sense of through social media, right? And getting people in real time to change their opinion or their minds about a person or a thing. How are they changing reality? In the physical world. Well, there's like shit like what the first main mission they have is uh, what this thing where it's like we need to give a fake key to the guy who's bought the other half the key so we can scan it and figure out this thing where the guy's going to get in a plane and they go to the airport in Dubai. They want to follow the guy with one half of the key yes. to wherever he's going. Because they, they still don't spire. know what the key They think they're opens. doing a relatively simple mission. Right. But it's a classic mission possible. I have glasses that will scan the key, and they'll yeah, find right. it in his pocket, and they'll create a dummy, and then we'll place the key on him and do this and do that. Yeah. A very classic kind of clever, like, yeah. here are the steps. I'm going to wear a nice suit. They're not... <sighs> what? I'm trying to remember if they're making a dummy or not. Because like their whole thing is like, we can't actually do that. We need to follow the key. Right. Right. So they actually have, like, they're pretending they're going to do that maybe. But but yes, he has glasses, and there's this very cool effect. Look, that whole sequence is great. Yes. The airplanes, the airport sequence in, in Dubai or mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi or wherever it is. Uh, great Mission Impossible stuff. You've got Tom doing this one thing. Yeah. People are chasing Tom. That's element two. Yes. And then you've got, uh, you know, Luther and Benji right. on the computers, and then Benji has to go off to do Mission 3, which is there's a bomb... In a bag. I got to defuse the bomb. And is there... And then, of course, then there's Haley Atwell showing up. Yes, as a pickpocket. Who's this new person? Yeah. She's an unstable element. She's also after the key, but maybe for different reasons. All this stuff is happening. And then I I think you're trying to... Like, it turns out there's no bomb. Yes. There's no key. There's no buyer. It's all vapor. Right. It's all in the cloud or whatever. Because at the beginning, they're doing the shit, right? Like, there's this bit where Shea Wiggum and Tarzan Davis are trying to find Ethan Hunt and cut him off at the pass, and they're using, like, the security monitors to track where he is and which quarter of the airport, and they think they found him. And when they go up to the guy, it's a guy with an entirely different face. And it's like, oh, Benji and Luther have done some clever Clever. thing where they've hacked the security system, and they've, like, fucking deep-faked his face onto the wrong people and a wrong face onto him so they can't find him. And then, like, the entity starts doing shit like that. Like, it erases S.A. Morales in real time. Isai, I'm sorry. Isai Morales in real time from the security footage where they can't find him. It is, like, setting targets that are false. It's funny that the entity's kind of, like, a troll. Yes. He's He's just, like... Wreak, you know, like wreaking havoc for the lulls. It's like identifying this bomb 
Right, that they go and find, that Benji finds, that's asking him riddles that are weirdly uh-huh. personal that yes. he has to solve. It makes him say the thing he cares most about are his friends. My friends. Right, which um, because these movies have started to weaponize friend as an idea in the same way that what? Fast and Furious weaponizes fran- family. But it's also, it's just right. If this algorithm doesn't care about any of that, obviously. Right. It's a soulless algorithm. Mocking him. Mocking him, but also identifying that as the weakness. Yeah. And that's what the the... The, the subsequent action is about right he's like i know this is the thing that will throw you off balance right, right. going after your friend because the bomb opens up and there's nothing inside there's nothing inside and it's like oh the the trick was haha i got you to admit that you care about people but also it was capturing his voice correct and all that and all which it then uses later data. to like right tom cruise is following the model of how mission impossible movie works benji's in his ear and he tells him where to go now marie and suddenly was... the entity is writing fake dialogue and sending him in the wrong directions marie i thought I was sitting next Later to him when we saw this film. Mm-hmm. I feel like you thought Simon Pegg was maybe going to bite it in this scene, right? There yeah. is that sort of element where you're kind of like, we're so many movies in. Someone's going to die. In is one. there? Is that yeah. going to happen? Is there going to be some kind of early tone-setting, surprising death to just sort of keep, you know, the things... The Exactly. I thought as soon as he said that he loved his friends, right. then I was like, oh, well, he's dead. That's, That's when I pulled back. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, it's too obvious, I think. I think sure. Benji will be okay. And also... Benji is too soft a target. Yeah. That's that's my main thing. Like, that was Joss Whedon's trick. Always was going, you know, the softest target. But I think it's yeah. too easy to kill the cuddliest, least threatening. Right? Yeah. So, like, and then very shortly after, Tom Cruise hugged Rebecca Ferguson on a balcony. And I don't know how you guys felt. And we are spoiling the movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, she's dead. Fuck. Dead. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And it wasn't because, just because that moment is sort of lingered on. But I was also just like, he cannot fuck in these movies. Right. I'm sorry to be crass. Yeah, no, we can't. He and their relationship is coming to a point where it's like, what is this? Yes. If not yeah. romantic? Yes. Right? Like they have a connection that's a little bit beyond everyone else's connection, right? Yeah, and Fallout kind of ended with that moment of it feeling like Michelle Monaghan being so like, like, okay, he's I yours now. You. Yeah. Right, right, right. And there is just this feeling like, well, Ethan's not actually allowed to like be in love again. No, and else it's the same way. Like, they're both right. not actually capable of being in a normal person See, relationship. I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's an emotional thing. I think it's like a Doctor Strange love, like they need to protect their precious bodily fluids sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it might be part of it. It's uh, too much for it. Ethan yeah. to exert himself. Right. Uh, but like, He's done a no-fap existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not someone who thinks very hard about like, the casting or promotion or like where I'm trying to figure out like what will the plot points be? But the second I saw that, I was like, oh, I think Fergie might be done for. Well, also adding... And then I start to think like, oh, right, they've added in Haley Atwell. Oh, I'm starting to think about sort of the balance of this all together. Yes. Yes. Um, And then I'm starting to think like, well, also maybe is Rebecca Ferguson maybe the one actor who in the press tours is kind of like, this is a very stressful thing to make. It's kind of a lot. It's funny. They always talk about like, because she's like the first person to enter into these movies and kind of be Tom Cruise's equal. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about and she talks about like she is so different than Tom Cruise and how she approaches We don't have similar styles, right? No, and it's like they can both hit the same effect, but she's like a very thoughtful, internal, sensitive... She does not have, like, endless stamina. <laughs> she does not love doing stunt training. She's pregnant making Fallout, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know... Maybe she was kind of like, I don't know. I'm sure Macquarie will talk about it. It doesn't sound like she it. dislikes these, but she's like, I find acting hard. It's not like a thing I get like a lot of adrenaline from. Out. That's all. I love her. I love her too. And the more stressed out she talks about being, the more I love her. 
Um, God bless. She's making Dune in between these as well. Yeah, it's like not like those wild. are cakewalks. She had a Silo in an Apple series called Silo. Don't. Don't go in the silo. You, no, leave. You can't leave. You can't leave. That's all I know about silos. You can't leave the silo. You can't leave what, the silo. Is it like a grain silo? No, they like live in a silo. I don't know. And you're like, what is this? And you what look and it silo? stars like five Pulitzer Prize winners. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> That's up. where they've the all been. Silo. <laughs> Jimmy Carter's in the main cast of Silo. He... I know he won the Nobel Prize. In a ruined and toxic future, a community exists in a giant underground silo that plunges hundreds of stories deep. There, people live in a society full of regulations they believe are meant to protect them. Doesn't have crazy people in the supporting cast? Um, It's kind of pretty stacked cast. Tim Robbins, Harriet Walter, David Oyelowo, Common. Mm. But Haley Atwell's introduction. Love him. He's seeing that... There is a pickpocket who pulled the key mm -hmm. from the target that he's scanning uh -huh. with his glasses. And rather than like viewer's arrival, he's like, game recognized game. Right. Let me go to her. Let me draw her in. I, I, I wrote this down. Yeah. I was really happy to see Ethan Hawke do street, or not Ethan Hawke, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Ethan Hunt yes. do street magic again. He's back to fucking David Blaine shit. He's doing like close up, close up sleight of hand. Yes, he does. And this is That whole sequence yes. is so good. But he's still in this thing where With he's like, I'm Ethan Hunt. I can make anything work, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The movie starts to break him down as it goes on a little bit. But I yeah. I was rewatching, you know, all the Mission Impossibles in mm -hmm. preparation of Missions you know, Impossible. Missions yes. Impossible, uh, and I think he does Street Magic in two. Does he? He's, he's got the big bit in one. Is it in one? I thought he did it in two. He as well. definitely does it in one. I one just okay. does it with the mic, the the floppy disk or right. whatever. Oh, he's you're like, right. That's what right. I'm thinking the, of. I remember the least about two. I mean, yes. you know, I've seen it multiple times. It's just the one that doesn't stick in my head as yeah. much. Other than uh, sand, sand gun, sand gun, of sand course. Gun. We respect. Sand well, I like gun. the all the sexy stuff, like when they're in the bathtub. I like that, but I want it to be better and more of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I like the idea of him being horny. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like the movie's sort of like, should we float this? And then quickly with Ethan Hunt, they're like, no, don't worry I think about that. two is like interesting as the midlife crisis movie where right. it's like, this guy's whole team died in front of him. How is he doing? Great. I'm doing great. What are you talking about? I drew my hair out. I got sunglasses. I fuck a bunch of women. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm fucking, I've never been happier. I that's actually like such, being free. Griffin, that's such a good reading of it. Right. And he's yeah. like, look how cool I am. I run in slow motion. I'm fine. I'm doing unbelievable. I'm so friends with Ving Rhames. We still talk. We still talk. I flew back to Australia. I see him. I, saw, I talk to him all the time. I'm I guess Ving Rhames is the only person who can be on his. Everyone else is dead. Yes. It's just that he doesn't retain anyone from two. There's no right. friends getting carried over from two. I'll say this. I thought I thought Ving was going to be the one to die in this movie. That just seems too mean. That's like killing Hagrid. That's why you I know, thought like, they were going to do it. Because I was like, this is the move that would be so staggering. This is the one guy who's been continuity throughout they all these of, movies. Well, There's a moment in Fallout where he's in danger. Yes, yeah. And you sort of wonder. They and, do a fake out. Saves him up. Right. Well, right. maybe instead of killing Ethan in the in the final movie, it's they kill Luther. That's just sad. Yeah. No, I I want I want Luther. Because Luther could live a normal life. Luther could retire. Right. But I think Ving is so fucking locked in in this movie. He is. He's really good. Where it feels like he has to be, in a, in a thing he started to do increasingly over the sequels, be the like uh, the emotional translator mm. for Ethan. Where yeah. Ethan will come in and say the super intense shit. He gets him the best. And he'll That's leave true. the room. And then he'll be like, you need to understand. Benji is still a little bit like, well, I don't know, you know, right. and then, and Ilsa obviously doesn't, she's not right. really an emotional person. Luther's like, I've been with him for so long. 
that's Ethan's way of saying X. Mm -hmm. He's right. also most crucial in this because this movie is sort of introducing the idea that IMF agents are all people who were once on the run yes. and in their most desperate moment right. were identified by our government Which, by the way, and was recruited. how we were introduced to Luther. That's he was, what I'm saying. Yes. He mm -hmm. makes the most sense. It's like where we were like, well, we've actually seen that play out right. with him. Yes. Now, with Benji, it more feels like Benji, you know, took a few tests. Right. You know, and got recruited. like a hacker. That, no, no. Immediately right. while I'm watching yes. this movie, I start doing that right. uh, internal revision of like, makes sense to me. He hacked into something he shouldn't have hacked into. But it doesn't feel like all of them are necessarily like insane, like high risk criminals. But that all of them were just like on the wrong side of the law. And they go like, we can either arrest you or you can use your skills for us. Um, right. And that's, then I start thinking about like, okay, so in the office, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the janitors, is it like someone who is such a good janitor yeah. and he got in over his head and then he was like janitoring for the wrong guys. And yeah. then the government was like, we got a great janitor position yeah. for you. I was thinking about that with Luther's hats. Like uh -huh. what was their backstory? Well, were they bad hats? Well, if you notice, the hats the hats are never straight. They're always at an angle. It doesn't matter what hat So they're kind wearing. of rebellious. Yeah. Did, you guys, yeah. did you guys see my pitch on Twitter for Young Luther? I don't look at Twitter anymore. Okay, sorry. I should have put it on Blue Sky. Wait, it's really right. good right now. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really finally entered its final form. Yeah, I think it's kind of... <laughs> Twitter is now just like this like mutant goblin that's like, let me die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like throwing okay. up. Every account is like a fucking Ripley clone from Resurrection. <laughs> um, what was your pitch for a young Luther? Well, I think no, I did see this. I just think that, you know, if you want to expand the franchise, because mm -hmm. clearly we have to end with Tom. Yes. Like, he physically is not going to be able to... But if we want to, like, mine more IP, mm -hmm. I want to see an 80s urban techno thriller starring Young Luther. Look, I'm all for that, although I am sort of, I'm skeptical of young things. Yeah. Because you got to recast. No, but David, what if you de it? That works really well every time. Imagine if they de-aged Ving Rhames. <laughs> but he still moved, like, 2020s right. Ving Rhames. No offense to 2020s yeah. I'm in the prime of his life. Uh, I'm in the prime of my life, but I kind of feel like sitting down right now. It's a lot of scenes where he just chooses to sit down. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the other that's, thing. I'm all for it. Is, I'm all for 80s freaker vibes, you know, yeah, sure. PH freaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds no, good. but just the fact that, that, that Ving Rhames does not move as well anymore. And he sure. like basically just always has to be in a chair behind a computer in every scene. Well, not just that, but we talk like, there's the scene in this movie where the final act is revving up where Luther's like, Ethan, I gotta go. I'm going to look into some of this stuff. I won't be in the rest of the film. Yes. But there's a reason for it. Goodbye. It might as well just be Ving being like, you're going to be running around. and stuff. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just, you know, I'm pretty sleepy. But like his weariness they have owned. And They've I think well. have made it this thing where he's like, because you have all these scenes. But he's running around in Fallout and you're like, is, can someone just check on Luther? Is he <laughs> yes. all right? Yes. And this one, they're very consciously like, I, Luther's going to go. Yeah, I love, I love the part where he's just like so exasperated by the fact that like, he says something crazy like, I have to hack into it like offline. And I'm like sure. thinking, like, what does that mean? Is he going to like take a like yeah, like a circuit this. breaker? Yeah, he's like doing this. Paper clip <laughs> yeah, into the side of a laptop. He actually knows Clippy. Yeah. So he's gonna actually get to know him. <laughs> yeah, I went to school with Clippy. I gotta talk to a friend of mine. Clippy <laughs> bounces Ethan. out from behind an alley. My friend is Clippy. Um, okay, so wait, so can we talk about, let's talk about Gabriel. 
Yes. Okay. Right. So, oh, so this is what I was gonna say. So he's doing the close up sleight of hand with Hallie Atwell, trying to like charm her into like, and and you can help us, and we'll pay uh -huh. you twice as much and whatever. I know you're a good pickpocket, but are you a good put pocket? And he's fucking master of the universe, like king shitting her, and then he just sees out of the corner of his eye this guy's fucking face. Yes. And um, is that? Have we already seen the flashback? I think we have, haven't we? I think they do yes. those very early. They yes. do it early on. These little DH flashbacks, very brief, yeah, very not, sepia not toned. It's just sort of like silhouette. You're not well, seeing you see clearly. young Eastside Morales. Yeah, and, but I oh, think oh. that that, that effect looked good. Yeah, I think that was. But Cruz yeah. is notably not DH, which yeah, I think right. is the incredible decision to be like cast him in shadow. And you see that he was. We need we need to discuss this. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about not it. about the hair, about you, the woman. Oh, sure. Well, who's the woman? Marie. Marie. Barty. Party. Barty. Is the character's name. <laughs> the, the name of the name. character is Marie. The, the character's that, name is Marie. Yes. Ethan lost a woman named Marie. We don't yes. know anything else about right. it, right? But that is what, you know, caused him to enter the IMF. Right. And at the hands of Gabriel, who is yeah. a, a bad person. Yes. Right. That's but really all we know. I was yes. just really excited. Yeah. I know who plays. Oh, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. It's Mariella Gariga. Uh-huh. Plays Marie. Looks like she's done some television but another another of the the ethan hunt brunettes right mm -hmm. sure which is another part of like yes this is a, in this movie they're kind of like you know you can only orbit him for a couple years before you know someone's right. going to displace you or whatever right yeah. but but also the like the is the entity kind of writing this movie i'm not saying in a meta way right but like is the entity or orchestrating events specifically yes. to get to ethan hunt because the, right. the root of this movie is so many people want the entity because they think if they use it, they can be king in charge shit. of everything. Right. Yes. They'll know how to handle it. Yeah. The entity, what its end game is, is unclear at this but point. But it's self-aware, and the idea that anyone can control it is kind of ludicrous, except, I guess, if you have this magic key, then maybe right. you can. Right. Uh, the, the, or you could, at the very least, shut it down, sure. which is its greatest fear, right? And it basically believes anyone who comes into my orbit will be so uh, intoxicated by the idea of the power I control that I can take over them. Except for one person. There's one person in the universe I have so analyzed. ludicrous. Yes. Yes. Who is the one person who is selflessly committed to this idea of keeping humanity on the straight and narrow. But I think it's beyond that. It is, yes, it's identified Ethan's good character. Yes. But it's also identified, like, reality warps around this man in yes. ways that are beyond algorithmic understanding. Yeah. Right? He he will make the impossible possible. Right. He doesn't he has to memorize the nuclear codes, he just does it. But there's a point where like where Luther says to him like what's your end game Ethan? He says something like making sure that no one ever dies. And Luther's like that's impossible. Ethan, um, right? Right, exactly. And later he tries to make this promise to Haley Atwell where he's just like I will make sure you never die. And they're like Ethan, you can't promise that. And he adjusts it to something like, I promise you, I will always prioritize your life above my own. And it's this sense of, in this, like, the weird figure that Tom Cruise has turned into, where it's like, this guy just is just so committed to this idea of movies have to stay intact. You need to do things for real in front of a camera, the old-fashioned way. I don't care about anything else, right? Where the entity is like, this guy actually doesn't do anything for himself. So there's no way to appeal to him on that level. So what I need to do is hit all of his, like, pressure points. His buds. Right. You need uh, to put a new brunette in front of him. That That's part of you it. You need to put an old brunette at risk. I've noticed the pattern, and I'm now, like, playing the story beats of what the story cycles of this man are. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and like you say, right, Ethan can't deny it. People have died yeah. with Ethan. And he hates it. He doesn't like it, but it has happened. But yeah. he can, yes, promise he'll put you above himself. Yeah. And there's that moment late in the film when he asks Grace how she is. And her face, you know, reacts to it. And it's beautiful. We both we both looked like, at each other. Good. Fuck. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I love Haley Atwell. Yeah, I'm very pro. We've always been we've always been a very pro, pro Haley Atwell uh, podcast. And it just feels like she's one of those people where it's like no one is quite figuring out how to use her to the best of her ability on she's a regular been basis. Stuck mostly in, you know, Marvelville. But her character being in the past, getting yeah. killed off so early, Apart she's that, often these little tiny pop ins and stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. I should watch that Howard's End miniseries that Kenneth Lonergan did. Weird that I haven't seen that. I bet she was good in that. She's probably great in it. But uh, fun character in this, and you do start to realize halfway through the movie, like, oh, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing how someone becomes an IMF agent. Yes. Right? And the yes. thing she plays so well is what you're talking about, where it's like she goes from this cocksure, like, I'm the fun color character. I'm always character. in it for myself. Right. Like, yeah, I'm always going to nick what's in your pocket and run She's, away. What Helena Shaw is trying to be. Helena Shaw. In sorry. Dial of Destiny. Oh, sure. I'm just like, I think those characters in Conception. Well, Helena Shaw, uh, the Fleabag. Yes. Uh, granddaughter Fleabag. Have you seen uh, Goddaughter Indiana Fleabag. Jones? Goddaughter Fleabag. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely like, she keeps saying like, ah, fortune and glory. I'm only in it for myself. And I'm like, I don't buy it. No, she doesn't know? really do it though. And I'm like. But she says it. She of course. She keeps saying it Whereas in this like, way where you're like, okay, okay. Haley Apple was actually, it's like classic show don't tell stuff where like her actions, you're like, oh, I I can't keep this woman straight. And then the thing that's so great is once she starts getting like roped into this world and put on the crazy missions, you see what you're talking about, the moments where it's just like, oh, this is like a, an entire like reality shifter. I'm existing in a different plane of existence now. And this is like a terrifying world. And there's no turning back, which is what they say to her like immediately. But also, but what, she, what are your choices? And they're like, either we turn you in or you do this for the rest of your life. Right. And you have no friends. You have no family. Right. You're like you dirty, exist you're dirty circus folk for the rest of your yes. life on these like globetrotting wow. missions. Yeah. But we right? do have each other. Yes. And that's fun. Right. The, well, and, yeah. And also, as Luther sort of says, he's like, what is your current life? Right. Your current life is basically this anyway. You're always on the run. This is the stuff that Ving is like killing so he's hard. He's really good at it. And but it is true. You're right. They actually give him, he's good doing nothing, but yeah. they do give him something. They give him a lot of emotional weight. And he's saying like, I know, I was you. We all were you previously. You're yeah. like, we get what you're existing in reaction to, but this is not sustainable. Do you think Tom Cruise has friends? I no. mean, this is the whole thing. Yeah. No. No. He no. has his group of people that he trusts that he works with. I think he people travels around who, the, right, who yeah, the world. Right. Who he collaborates with. with right, and they have, team. like, conversations. I think his closest friends are literally the, the people he works right. on Mission Impossible with. <laughs> and the relationship is exactly the same as it is with the characters. Uh -huh. I think that's true. There was that story going around about how he didn't want to leave Simon Pegg, like... Uh, during, oh wait, I'm going to look it up. I think Simon Pegg is like his fifth best friend in the world. And I think they know Maybe each higher. other as well as these two characters know each other. Which is like, I, yeah, he is my friend. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gives it, people the cake, though, every he year. Gives he does everyone the cake. give he people the cake. the cake. Yeah. And I would love that cake, obviously. Yeah. How do we get on that damn list? Well, we can just order it. It's on Gold Belly. No, but I want it from fucking Tom. Uh, If anyone is close to Tom Cruise... Who listens to this podcast? Let yeah. us know. 
yeah put us on the list this was look a lot of it's just like the the recency of of having dug into this so deeply and there's obviously the huge kind of homage at the end but watching this i just kept on thinking like ethan hunt as a character is so much the way buster keaton was described as a person not the buster keaton screen persona but when you read about him as much as we were mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. dig into him where everyone's like I don't quite understand what drives this guy. Right. Outside of the fact that he was seemingly just built to do this thing. And there are like some demons that haunt him, but he's not like this sort of like self-obsessed artiste and he's not a tortured artist and he's not right. whatever. He's just sort of like, well, I just have to do this. I have to do this and you have to just like go bigger and harder. And they're like, that's dangerous. And he's like, well, we'll figure it out. Well, Buster right. did find pe like personal peace in his personal life at the end. Took a long time. It took, took a long time. Yeah, he had to basically lose I, everything. Right. Everyone right. was sort of yeah. like, he's kind of unknowable. I don't know if that is possible for Tom Cruise. Well, I cannot speculate on Tom Cruise's personal life. No. I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> go right ahead. Um... <laughs> No, he's a strange man, and the you know the more you delve there, probably the less fun you're gonna have. Yeah, uh, that's sort of the rule we all have right. to have with Tom Cruise these days, right? I don't even mean in terms of nefarious shit. No. I more just mean like just kind of a bummer. Just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But like we were talking about this in the Steamboat Bill episode that that's the movie where some people have the read that like he was suicidal, his marriage was collapsing, mm -hmm. his drinking was at its worst, his independent film run was ending. Is that movie the one where he has the death wish and the stunts are so crazy because he was like, I don't fucking care if I die doing this. And I was pushing back on that. I'm like, I think that's a fundamentally wrong read. I think if he was that depressed, he would not care about putting that much work into the movie. I sure. think it's more that he's just like, this is the one thing that keeps me alive. And I'm so committed to the idea of trying to get it right that the risk of dying is a necessary risk, which is what drives Ethan Hunt. Yes. Now, right. He's like, know. I don't want to die. But also, if that's the only way to do this, then I'm going to not worry about it. And I certainly will, you know, put myself in the most danger. Yes. Um, even though Ethan is getting older. He is. And Cruz reads old in this movie. Not like ancient. But this movie but was... But there's lines on his face. He's got kind of his, you know, he's he's older. And especially when Top Gun was his last film. Right. It's his biggest film ever. It's also shot four years ago. Top Gun was in the can for a while because yes. of COVID. Yeah. And then this movie was shot over several years because of COVID. Stops and starts. Sure. Where you're yeah. just like, he's looking a lot older than the last time we saw him on screen. And he ages like over the course of the movie as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks in a, a way older. I find interesting. I do too. I mean, Peg looks pretty haggard in this movie. Yeah. He's been very upfront about the stuff he's dealing with. Mm -hmm. Again, it kind of what? works. What is he? Do? What do you he's mean? serious alcoholism, oh. um, which he's, I think, you know, dealing with. He's talking about it, That's like good. you know. But um, what was the the story you were trying to pull up? I couldn't, find, oh, it. couldn't I, find it. It was something of basically like he would not abandon Peg at some press thing. I can't remember what it was though. Sure. And and like if you just Google Simon Peg Tom Cruise, you get you know it's too hard to find it. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, I think that kind of works too. Like. Benji being like a little fresh-faced boy in three yeah. and kind of feeling like a grizzled old vet at this point. Someone tweeted this the other day, but you... It also looks immaculate. She hasn't changed at all. Yes. I mean, Ferguson is just <sighs> gorgeous. The most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, Marie, do you know who the original choice was for the Benji role in Mission Impossible 3, who it was explicitly written for? You no. already referenced this. In today's episode? You, yeah, you referenced it. Oh, Rick Gervais. What? Well, he was hot stuff. Of course. The Office. That was when people were like, if we could be the first one to harness that in a movie. And that was like the excitement. Could you imagine? 
We still had to deal I with him. I can't imagine him running. No. Well, I mean, look, in the third movie, obviously, he's <laughs> just he behind the desk. All he has to do is be, like, funny behind they the might, computer. He, they might not have reused him. Probably Like, not. Peg pops better in that movie. Yes. And Peg's career also is heading in the right direction because after MI3, you get Shaun of the Dead and all right. that stuff that they're by... Well, Shaun of the Dead's before. Right. But I guess you get Hot Fuzz, right? Hot Fuzz is after. That's 2007. Yes. But yeah, yes. he's already uh, demonstrated right? he can do action comedy. Right. Like yeah. some but sort I, of physical I, I element. I think the other part of it too is like, uh, Gervais might have been very funny in that moment, at that point, in that role, David squinting. Mm. He might have worked he been comedically. Fine. Peg right. has always just had a little more soul to him. Yeah. Ricky Gervais is not a good actor. No, Simon Pegg's a pretty good actor. And and Peg like plays well in that third movie, the feeling of like, this is genuinely stressful for this guy right. in a way that makes you feel for him rather than just be a butt of a joke. That you could see Cruz being like, we could give this guy more to do and he would hold it. I think so. Yeah. And I think if you're Tom Cruise and a year after MI3, you watch Hot Fuzz. Yes. Because Shaun of the Dead, Peg's good. Yeah. But in Hot Fuzz, he's diving and shooting guns and he's playing an action hero. Edgar Wright was one of the finalists to direct Ghost Protocol along right. with Brad Bird. He's clearly a huge Edgar Wright fan. Yeah. Like, yeah, it makes total sense. I think he's right. You're like, yeah, we've got to bring Peg back. But yes, I, I do think it works for these movies that you're like, Benji's like changed a lot. And not in a way that feels like the franchise is like... Uh, uh, making him into a different character than he was originally. But you're just like, you feel the passage of time on these people. You feel the weight of the amount of missions. I do feel like, even if Rebecca Ferguson looks unchanged, you do feel her getting, like, colder and harder and across the three movies, right? Right. Like, in the first movie, she's playing more, like, mysterious femme fatale. And by this one, you're just sort of like, she is, like, kind of a brutal weapon. So they, okay, they have the whole thing happen. Then they all unite. They do have the whole thing the whole happen. Thing the whole airport before, yeah, airport Before thing. we move on from the airport, I just Let's want to single on. out one shot that I yes, thought was please. great where you see Tom running on the roof mm -hmm. of the airport in the background. Yeah. Yes. Well, really that funny. was a very funny shot. Incredibly. That funny. whole sequence is just a delight. Yeah. It's great. Opinion. And it's just great. Like, it's not like action sequence per se but it's great but like it's great mission impossible tension business. racketing You've, who's zooming who six different people it's looking throwing at different... all these balls in the yes. air and then I'll, we're gonna have to catch a bunch of them later but it's like right everything's going wrong she ends up on a plane with the key without him right he eludes Shea Wiggum but he still they need to track Haley Atwell who's a whole new figure added into the solution and also now they're just like this entity thing which they're kind of keeping secret from Ethan when the bomb shit's going on, they're not looping him in on it until the right. final riddle. Right. And you have that scene where he's like, why were you not fucking telling me this? He doesn't say fuck. If he tried to say fuck, his brain would explode. Uh, um, okay, so we go from uh, there to Rome. Yeah. That's where Elsa shows up, right? Yeah. Yes. Because you flash back at some point to reveal that he put her is on the horse in and sent her. Is she in Rome or is yes. she in Venice? Because wait, uh, when they go to Rome is she where is in Venice. she's in Venice. Yes, Rome yeah. is where yes. the car chase sequence, yes. which is so good. Oh. So the car chase sequence, I think, again, you know, this move, this franchise has had a lot of car chases. Yeah, and the Fallout motorcycle chase in Paris is so good, mm -hmm. where it's like he's weaving through everything like magic, mm -hmm. and the, to do the opposite of it, where they keep fucking up. Yes. the car is weird. Yes. They handcuff each other in the wrong direction, oh, so she has to drive. They're flipped over. All yeah. this, you know, like they, you know, all this stuff is so clever that they're in the tiny car and Palm Clementiev is in the, the giant car. Me. It absolutely did, and they're yes. driving in the the loop in the third car. 
Yes, yeah, the, 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 the little, castle little, little Cagliostro um, car. Fiat right. yeah. Luigi from the Pixar universe. Yes. yes. Um, but yes, no, it feels the construction of these things. And like, these are the only movies that are still made the way that Keaton used to make movies where it's like, what would be fun to do in a movie? And what's the logic of that? And like building things one step at a time and then building story around that. This sequence is just like good beat after good beat. And it's not just cool shit happening. And I just have so many questions about the logistics of how they shot it, because it looks like it looks like everything is being done for real. And it looks like the camera is attached to the car. Yes. So like, you know. That's insane. Yes. And I, Pom Klintoff is playing a character in Paris. Okay. Yeah. We we have not talked about Pom Who yet. dresses like a Cirque du Soleil member. <laughs> she's like a mime matador. Yes. Right. And she <laughs> loves destruction. Yes. She loves she's, destruction, but also doing a pouty face. She's yes. so hot. She's so hot. She's like fucking incredible in this. When yeah. she's driving that like tank. Yes. The like the manic glee on yes. her face when she's like driving over smaller cars yeah. and like... She's a week, she's almost things. exactly my age. She's a week younger than me. Oh wow. Jesus. I was born and then a week later, a cooler person was born. <laughs> a much cooler person. <laughs> uh one of the coolest people alive. Um she's probably a pretty cool baby too. Like when she was born. Yeah. The doctor was like sunglasses. A fucking cool baby. Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, she's awesome. She's in league with the entity, I guess, as well, but maybe yes. not as like, Eastside Morales' character seems to be sort of, like, devoted mm-hmm. to the entity. And later we see him sleeping in a computer coffin that's, like, you know, Love beaming it. Love it. AI into his head. Right. Whereas she's Basically more just, like, like listening to, like, ten assassin. episodes of the Joe Rogan experience yeah, in a row. Right. Like, oh, layered on top of each other. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yes, no, she's, she's like, a henchman's henchman, basically. Yeah, she's, she's just really good. For hire. Yes. But she seems more for hire. But but you but do more, get the but sense. But important enough that she gets to, like, be in the meeting yeah. with uh, Carrie Elwes later. Yeah, but yeah. I also think this choice of, like, she fucking loves this. Right. She, she, she loves for the, the fun high of octane. Yes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't really talk. No. Um, she talks a little later, but largely she's sort of silent assassin vibes. And she is Her kind is of, Paris, like, dark. Very subtle. Yes, very yeah. subtle. Dark mirror image of the Grace character, I guess, a little bit, right? You know, sure. because there are two characters here who are potentially like recruitable okay. in a way, and she and I do think Paris will end up being a good guy in the next. Not come with, I hope right? so. Yeah. yeah. Well, she makes the this the movie that keeps talking about how it's about choices, right? She makes and she choice. makes a choice, right? Which, uh, but also the entity tells her to make that choice. Well, yeah, the entity predict. No, well, doesn't chicken tell her. Or predicts, egg. It. Predicts, predicts it. Predicts it. Predicts it. The entity. Wants her dead because it thinks she will be won over by the fact that Ethan didn't kill her, which right. it's correct about. Yeah. Right. But I do. They, they show us her hand moving at the end, right? She's still alive. Yeah. No, no, she's definitely Palm still alive. Back. I'm yeah. just saying, like, the entity predicting that. Yeah, maybe it's is all it like forcing be, her hand? Uh, well, this is how the entity messes with you, Griffin. I think she genuinely wants to jump over. But is that what the entity also wants to have happen for some I'm reason? saying that's how yeah. they get in your head. That's what I like. Um, Okay, so Rome is the car chase. That was really cool. Which is, this is the same fucking, the staircase. Oh, isn't it James Bond? F And Fast X? The Spanish Steps. Okay. It's the Spanish Steps, guys. I haven't been to Italy. Okay, well, it's really nice there. And the other Keats house is there. That's where Keats died, as I talk about very movingly in our Bright Star episode. Mm-hmm. And this film is obviously calling back to our Bright Star Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. 
Not even um, calling back to Bright Star, calling back to our episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, because Bright Star doesn't go there, but no. our episode did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Spanish steps. And yes, Fast X did have a whole room because that's where the, the big bomb ball is yeah. rolling In around. In my opinion, a dog shit sequence. And then you're watching this like beautifully constructed. I think this is much better. Yes. I think it's so much better that I was just like, God, this is like what I want. But not enough Scott Eastwood. I could have done with him. I, I want him cutting in. Hey, guys, what's up? On a walkie-talkie. <laughs> I'm here, too. I'm still alive. And then Jason Momoa going like, lol. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can have cheeseburger? <laughs> oh people God. are like, brilliant. Uh. <laughs> Good performance. Smart. That feels like a performance uh, constructed by the entity. <laughs> no. It's just... I, I, think I, will... I think that's mean to the entity. I feel wow. like the entity is People like more perceptive. Like I think that performance—it's so mind-boggling to me. It. But I, I want to acknowledge that some people really like it. I think choices are being made, and I think in an era in which very often things in a choiceless feel era, kind right? Of yeah, yeah, very yeah. safe. There's like an appreciation for the fact that he's taking swings, and I'm like, shouldn't there be any cohesive center to what you're playing? Well, if I can once again call back to Indiana Jones, he chose poorly. He chose poorly. I, I like Nicolas Cage when people turn him into like fucking just memes, right? And go like, oh, it's so weird. He like does this. You could interview him at any moment on any film and he would explain to you every single thought. And even if it's insane, there's an inner logic to it. And Momo is just like, oh, what if I did like Nicolas Cage shit? <sighs> I don't like the performance. Um, I, I do it. like the Spanish step sequence and yeah. the general chemistry, the kind of like Tom having to put it all together with Haley Atwell. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I don't do whatever this is. Yes. Where he's like, come on, drive, you know, we'll figure it. And she's like, I don't drive I, minis yeah. through alleyways like with a plum like, like you do. I like the aspect of him teaching I'm her. Pickpocket. That's what I pickpockets is, is it, what I do. I, I And rewatching three, which. Wow. I have more of an appreciation for than I did before. Mm -hmm. Good movie. Uh, good movie. I really liked the ending shootout where he is technically dead. Right. And Michelle Monaghan has, has to. He's like, now do this. No, right. With has, a gun. Yeah. Right. Has to follow his tutelage and shoot people. But this yeah. is also the sequence that starts with him pretending to be her lawyer. Correct. Or does that come later i think that's when the next it, no, no, no no that's, that's no that's a, yeah he right. breaks her out of prison and right. then this whole chase ensues. and he like directly kind of pegs her whole story yeah. right where he's just like you grew up very poor you lusted for the finer things in life or at least the illusion of the finer things in life you're always on the run like he just gets her completely reads her correctly and me too yeah basically reading me correctly yes creates this uneasy balance of just like to a certain degree, she's starting to surrender to him a little bit more. Right. You also find out that that uh, Morales, uh, what's his character's name? Gabriel. 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 Like, told her about Tom Cruise. Told her about Ethan Hunt. Uh, told who about? That the scene where you think, like, oh, he's winning her over with this magic proposal. She mm -hmm. was like, I got your, like, face on a printout in an envelope. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. The, the entity or whoever. Right. And yes. that everyone who was hired, right, she didn't speak to Gabriel, right, but everyone who was hired by the entity was just like, oh, I never heard a voice. It was yes. always text communication. Yes. 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 Um, Gabriel also, you know, uh, it's a biblical reference, right? He's the archangel. like the voice of God, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the archangel. Um, yeah. Okay. So we go from Rome to Venice. And what happens in Venice is that the entity throws a baller and party. party. Right. But this is where Ilsa shows up. Yeah. Tom hugs her. Mm -hmm. They're both like never been to Venice before. Yeah. 
That seems little, hard to believe. It does seem hard to believe, but hey, whatever. They never went to the festival? I know. Come on. Uh, okay, so I had a lot of questions about this party. What was the theme? The theme was the entity. Okay, because there were a lot of puffy shirts. That's kind of the entity's thing. He, yeah, he's got real David Copperfield vibes. Okay. Throwing it back. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I'm making him so, a he, like, but it's... Vegas you know. magician? They. Let's say they. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's part of it. Okay. Um, yeah. And there were some like dan- Cirque du Soleil-esque dancers, Yeah, big right? time entity shit. Well, look, entity hired uh, Paris directly or indirectly. Right. Yeah. It's a part of the mood board. It's, the entity's got interesting taste. Uh, yeah, I like. I once again, I like the entity. I think they have interesting points. Why do you like the entity? The entity is so bad. No, they're cool. The entity also—it's like against everything you stand for. Uh, what do I like? Like uh, craftsmanship. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah, you're very anti-AI. I feel. Yeah. I know, but there's something about the entity that kind of wins me over. There's a there's a warm touch. Okay, I finally found a picture of Pom Clementiev as a kid. Okay. Her, she has like a really... Uh, she's cute! cute. Oh, she's I very cute. I just scrolled through like five years of her fucking Instagram. I was she like, surely like she, she has a tragic childhood. Incredibly she, tragic. Oh, that's... Yep, I don't want her. That's yep. very sad. Yeah. I, I don't even know what it is, but I'm already sad. I mean, We're not going to get into it. It's bad. You can read it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay. So party in Venice. And mm. at first it's a fake out because you think the party is being thrown by the White Widow. Yes. Um, right. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, who's yes. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is doing her whole, oh, I'm a naughty girl, aren't I? World's greatest. Do you want some weapons? you John Locke, yes. right? Or are you? Anyway. And then world's fanciest Sort of insinuates fans. that she fucked Ethan Hunt. And I'm like, mm, that didn't come happen. On. Yeah. Get out of yeah, here. It no feels way. like it's a mutually beneficial lie for both right. of them yeah. to pretend that it maybe we happened. We had sex, didn't we? And he's like, uh, sure. Big yeah. time. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, In and out. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? <laughs> Sometimes uh, side to side. <laughs> no, yes. That's <laughs> Sort of bumping against each other like this. Like, Counterclockwise? <laughs> yeah. Um, Vanessa Kirby, post-Oscar nom, feeling herself, yeah. I feel like, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, she's fun. Yes. But, but it, yeah, boils down to the same. to see her as Josephine in the yes. Napoleon movie. Cannot wait for that movie. Ethan starts same. to put it all together. This is mm. the entity. The entity has become, like, fully empowered mm-hmm. is reaching out to everyone is the one who's pulling all the strings on all right. of this and the entity is present at the party all around them yeah yes <laughs> they're partying inside of the entity basically yeah and the entity and it's all and i think this is why this movie maybe hasn't it is a lot of these circular conversations a yeah. bunch of people in a room going kind of like well, what you want is this. And they're saying, well, yeah, but the entity wants this. And it's a lot of like guesswork and it's very talky. alliance making. But it is talky in a way that I am very nostalgic for, where I was just like watching this several times. I was like, Jamel is going to love this movie so fucking <laughs> yes. much because his podcast, Clear and Unpresent Danger, is basically about like reliving this era of movies that no one makes anymore. We yeah. are like, these films that were often categorized as like action movies are thrillers and were 95% tense conversations in office rooms where people have these circular conversations where they're like, do you understand the implications of what you're proposing right now? Right. And just like great character actors throwing heat against movie stars. Right. And this has that and also unbelievable action. Fewer action sequences than the last couple of mission movies. I guess. But on a scale where you're just like, we're really going to complain about this being skimpy? Yeah. This movie shows you like five of the greatest things you've ever seen. 
It's a longer movie. Yes. And so I guess the action might feel also more spaced out because of that. Yeah, and I do think it it's like the haunted quality to this film is like cuz even Fallout's like starting to go like Ethan is this shit catching up with you, right? And feels a little darker, more ominous than the previous films. This movie in particular I think is arguing your whole time might be over. Everything you've ever fought for might be just irrelevant in 5 minutes. Sure. Right. You know? And it's similar to Top Gun as well. Yeah. We don't need people anymore. Right. Right. This is all going to get handled by computers now. But the implications in this movie aren't like the military is going to change. It's like the entire face of the earth might change. Um, you know, I'd rather that everyone chill out and read a book. That's what I would like. I, I Let me clarify. I don't actually like the entity, but I am going to defend to the ends of the earth the entity as a villain for this movie. Oh, sure. Who yeah. I find so thoroughly terrifying. Oh, me too. for sure. In its it nebulous works. form without ever feeling nonspecific to me. For how many fucking stupid blockbuster films we've seen where the villain at the end is some giant evil cloud, right? And you're like, what is this? That's true. There's bad versions of this entity this thing yeah the entity and what i think this movie does very well is like sometimes it is visualized sometimes you are very clearly aware of like oh fuck it's the entity copying benji's voice right but then other times in other scenes in banal scenes i'll just sit there and i'll be like fuck the entity's probably listening to this right well yeah that, like i think this movie is where uh is it's Luther, or is it Simon Pegg, who yeah. puts the car on auto drive? Yes. And then you got freaked out. I freaked you were like, out. You right. can't do that. I was like, he's going to crash the, the entity's going to crash the car. It's so successful in the construction of this movie, is it just sells you that fear so safe. thoroughly that you just start to question everything in every scene. Yeah. And you understand the characters questioning, and when they're not questioning, you get worried. Sometimes you're worrying about something that's not a problem, yeah. but maybe it is. I thought the uh, the scene where Tom is run running through the corridors of Venice's back alleys and getting lost because it's fake Benji mm -hmm. giving him directions was very effective. Yes. And they're like tricking him into doing one of the scenes that he knows how to do. Right. And they're like, no, it's a fucking dead end. At the party. We're distracting you. Gabriel is very much like, it is Gabriel speaking for yes. the entity. Like, one of these girls is going to have to die. Yeah, that's your choice. That's your choice. I know your whole deal. You don't like people dying. And as he's running through the, you know, alleys of Venice, the mute Lauren Balfe's excellent score is swelling. Swelling? Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, let's also say, this movie uses its score a lot less than the franchise has. I think the car chase in particular mostly plays with just no score. the yeah. sound, I, the sound I don't effects, sure, which sure, I sure, love. Sure. It's like very gripping that you're not being pushed along yeah. emotionally. You're just hearing. Wait, can we confirm or deny that the theatrical experience we had, were we in rumble seats? We were in rumble seats. Yeah, we okay. were in Dolby Prime. Yeah. And their seats would rumble with the sound. That was insane. It's not full 4EX like choreography, but the sheets, I the seats shake. loved it. It's oh, great. I thought it was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was especially loud during the train, unsurprisingly. Yes. Um, um, yes. But uh, no, no. He's running around. Mm -hmm. And first, Gabriel is fighting Grace. Yes. But then he sort of knocks Grace out. These and then cool knives. He does. He's got these two flick knives. Yeah. Did you like that, Ben? You're a switchblade boy. Um, wait, what knives? I don't remember. He this. has the two knives. He's knife mm -hmm. fighting them on top of the bridge. Well. Yeah, that's how Rebecca Ferguson yes, oh, dies. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And then, yes, she's then, Elsa's fighting him. The score's going nuts. And I'm Tom like, this is it. Does Tom have a really long sword, too? She has a long sword and a cane, kind of, yeah. you know. 
Uh, and like, Palm's distracting Ethan for a while. Yeah. Gets rid of her, doesn't kill her. He led pipes mm. next to her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she candle sticks. Yeah. So he gets out the rope. And then she gets out. Is this game of Clue? Uh, <laughs> the revolver. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember all the weapons from Clue. Um, the wrench. How do you feel, Griffin? You especially, the biggest Ilsa fan, I think, in yeah. the room. Yeah, one of my favorite about characters. the fact that she is murdered by knife. It was Gabriel on the bridge with the knife. Yeah. In Venice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Professor Plum, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. How do you feel about it? She's dead. Dead in the ground. I think... It, I, look, I want as much Ilsa as I can get. I'm immediately saddened when she dies, and not just, like, emotionally at the loss of the character sure. within the reality of but the film. But just the loss of Becca Ferd. I'm just like, oh, she's not in the second half of the movie. She's not going to be in the next one. That's a bummer. But I also do think it's, like... Uh, I, I do think it's impactful. Mm. And I do think, as much as I agree with you, David, and like very often death can be used as a cheap narrative crutch. And I also think there's a weird thing, especially in like big tentpole movies, where people associate death with stakes, period. And if people don't die, then there are no stakes. And if people do die, then the thing is important or serious, right? And that's not always the case. But I do think it's so baked into this character that, like, he has to lose someone for something to matter to him. And I like the gambit of, right, like, that that's what the entity has realized. Yes. Like, the only way to provoke this man is to kill his friend. Which also makes the entity more terrifying. More terrifying than Solomon Lane? This is the thing. It's like, the, the entity is constructing his hell. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Solomon Lane obviously I feel like is almost a swing at this kind of a character because like Solomon Lane has no personality right basically just exists to be like evil and chaotic like wants to torment Ethan Hunt yeah but at the end of the day it's Sean Harris and you can like put him in a box yeah and the entity is like that removed right the entity is also kind of like filmmaking by committee literally put Sean Harris in a box right that's that's what's scarier about the entity is you're just like well there's like no reason no the metaphor is fun right and it's also it's just done the math I it's have like to it's, assume it's worked out every possible like branching option of how you react in any situation. Right. It's anticipated. Look, I'm looking forward the to the Macquarie, you know, six hour exegesis of yeah. you know how I blah 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 blah. But like I imagine they began with this AI concept, right? Like yeah. the sort of like trying to hit on like what's the next threat that's plausible in the sort of espionage, right? right. You know, like AI. They, they did a good job because now everyone won't shut the fuck up about AI ever. And this movie's coming out right as that's know, all they happened. They were ahead of the curve. But like right. Ehrlich walking out of the movie said, like, so Cruz hates streaming so much he made a movie where the algorithm is the villain. Yeah. Yes, right. And, but it just works. It's great. It does. But it does feel like that's part of what it's going against is like it's pushing these sort of narrative beats that he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, But she does die. She's dead. She's dead. Rip. And then this is the scene where they basically recruit Haley Atwell. Right after. Yeah. Right. They're all she's, sort of grieving. They're all grieving. And right. that's what they pivot to. And I think that's so clever. Yes. That sort of, look, I mean, some people probably will roll their eyes at like, oh, one lady's gone. So now the, the lady slots open. Look, if I have an overarching uh, uh, criticism of this franchise is that it will not allow more than one woman to exist on the team at any given point in time. It is just constantly like, well, then you're if you're gone, then you can come in sort of shit. It's not like this is only starting in this film. Yes. Yeah. So 
the, the we already talked about all that. But yeah, I yeah. just like the idea of like that's what IMF agents are. IMF yeah. agents are, and she'll be a great one. Yes. What is her next mission though? I, after this is when they start working on the train, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. immediately pitching yeah. the train, and you see what you think is the start of the mission, and then she stops it, and she's, she's like, like, "Wait, this the is fuck crazy. are you talking about?" Right. That is really cool. And yeah. then they start to pull back on the amount of tech they use. Yeah. Which necessity. they do in Ghost Protocol. Yes. Uh, they pull the same uh, trick that they do in Ghost Protocol of like, ah, fuck, the mask machine broke. Right. Yes. Which is always fun. Yes. You know. Um, but in this one, you're also adding the element of like, can they trust any of the technology? Right. Sure. That's They're true. using a lot of analog. Right. Yeah. They start yeah. cracking their laptops over their knees, you know? Yeah, they start like using a Cold War weather satellite. Yeah. I like the, um. <laughs> you see the CIA have moved to some the bunker where it's room. all CRT. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. You know. Yes. All Fucking that rules. VFX. Yeah. So good. Harry always, by the way, has the smoothest face I've ever seen in this movie. He's the CIA director now? No. I think no? Zerny is now the CIA director okay. in this movie. Of course, he's the right. IMF secretary in the first one. Yeah. Elvis, I don't really know what he's another high secretary up Secretary of Defense. Maybe, maybe he's Secretary he of Defense. Yeah. He's some high up person. Yes. And he on the train seems to be sort of in league with the AI, right? Yes. Or at least he's sort of like, I'm the only person who knows what that thing opens. I know about this sub. It's fucking Ark of the Covenant. It's like I I would fucking if I had this, I could control it and I would rule the universe. But the sub the sorry, the entity kills him. Yes. For knowing too much, essentially. Yes. Right, yes. Rather than ally with him. Yes. Um, so it's the Orient Express, correct? Mm -hmm. Chugga, chugga, chugga. Mm -hmm. Choo choo. Going through the mountains. Mm -hmm. And uh, their plan. It's an actual steam or coal engine train. It's a steam train. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's they, a tender engine, technically. They have the so mass machine. What does that mean? Well, you know how. Well, Thank you. You, you probably heard of Sorry, Thomas. I was going to move on. Tank engine. Uh huh. Uh -huh. From all your. Uh, but the tender engine is what you think of as the classic steam train where it has a gigantic uh, tender, is what it's called, full of coal, its own fuel. They that call you it a tender? Yes. Is that like the pit where the coal goes, where you shovel no, the coal? No, it's the big container of coal that's like on it. So like if you ride the Orient Express now... I think it is a steam train, isn't that the idea? There are like dudes there shoveling coal into it the whole time? Um, yeah, like, like here's a train. It's just like a ton of murder. Here's a train, right? Uh -huh. uh huh. This is this is the tender, the sort oh. of back bit that holds okay. all the coal. Gotcha. Okay. And like a tank engine doesn't have that, gotcha. they, and they can't go as far. Okay, it's right? the it's the car that holds the coal, because you can't gotta keep. Yeah, I mean, tiring. It's like an auto feeder. So their plan on the Orient Express is Haley Atwell is going to transform into Vanessa Kirby. Right. 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 Oh, because we forgot to mention there's that moment in the entity party where right. Tom Cruise is just like, you don't understand the decision that is being placed before you. This is not about whether or not you can get rich or who's like Zoom and who or whatever. This is like the the fate of humanity. Right. Don't fucking turn the tide this way. Um, Don't they allude to that also she has these family secrets that she doesn't want to get out? Like, there's some leverage over her in some way. Yeah, but she's also one of these people where it's like, she's like the world's fanciest fence, right? And she's just like, I don't cast judgments. It's highest bitter. Mm, you know? Mm. I'm not doing anything. I just connect people. I just like, you know. Um. So an, a question I had. I'm looking up the Orient Express because right uh, Vanessa Kirby, like, the way that they distinguish the two Vanessa Kirby's is Haley Atwell has brown eyes. Right. 
and Vanessa Kirby has very intense blue intense eyes. Intense blue eyes. Yes. Uh, and I was just wondering, have they done that in any other movie where the eyes are I, Usually they are putting in yeah, contact I've never noticed it. I think I, they're mostly doing it as a cinematic convention of yeah. like, just so you know who's who. But do, right. we, do we, because, did we need that? I don't know that we did, but I kind of like the effect. I did too. I You have to buy that Henry Zerny doesn't yeah. remember what color her eyes are, but I buy that. He, I only just, I, I know what her eyes look like because I watched the movies. Yes. He doesn't watch these movies. No, he's not a Vanessa Kirby about, fan. What about her, uh, her little, yeah. her little, She's great work. her no, little henchman? She has like her dudes. That's, they would know. Right. Isn't well, one of them her brother? Does Sigourney Weaver realize that Dave has a different penis when she sees him in the shower or has she just not fucked him in so long that she doesn't remember? I don't think honestly, I, I could talk about this for I, hours. It's <laughs> the scene in Dave that drives me the craziest, yes. but I love it as well. No, it's, and it's, I think that scene actually leans into the ambiguity in a right. way that's interesting. What if their penises just look similar? Maybe their penises look similar. There's, 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 there's so many there's She has a reaction. So there's a beat. We're not saying there's a thing that there's isn't acknowledged variety. by the movie. There's, he turns around the shower and she looks at she it. She looks at it. And she has a beat and you can't quite tell what she's thinking. And, I've and then taken he plays, it. is she thinking that my penis looks different? Right. But then I take it as her being like, his dick looks better than I remember. Yeah. But Am do I, I forgetting just, that I used to right. be attracted to this man and yeah, this is sort I, of yeah. stirring something yeah. here? Yeah. Sure. Or is she like, well, that guy's got a fucking different dick. This is not my husband. You know, like, right. you know, like it could be a million things. Or is it like, did, did my husband add foreskin? Like, what was right. there well, a that's fundamental? The, the truly unspoken thing if there's right. some fundamental change. Right. They don't mention it again. They don't. But it's a great it moment. It can't be in a five star movie. You don't know. That's too drastic. You don't know. There's the, there's a lot of options. Five star. <laughs> it's great, it's why that movie is good. Yeah. It's why it's good. And and Ving throwing heat. In that movie, yeah, yes, that's true. Should in I, the Vin Cannon, should I have watched? Uh, should I have watched Dave, Dave for the Fourth of July? There's nothing yeah. wrong with watching Dave. Yeah, you should like, watch Dave every day. Yeah, exactly. It's a, no, no, that's why I watch no Dave real every day. Downside there. Yeah. Um. So, uh, why well, was it? <laughs> yes. Th why doesn't the henchman realize it? I don't know. I kind of like that they're all like just inattentive enough. They're not detail oriented people, right? But their plan was supposed to be that. Uh, Atwell and Cruz would go undercover as White Widow and henchmen, but the mass machine breaks down after White Widow, so Cruz can't get on the plane, uh, on the train. They all know what he looks like. Uh, she can go undercover. He's got to find another way onto the train. A thing I think Kirby plays unbelievably well is uh, Atwell is Smash not Brothers. Sorry, and she's with Piranha Plant, who's not even like it's kind of like a weaker gimmick. <gasps> uh, no, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. What does Vanessa Kirby play well? Atwell not being very good at the impression. Right. She's pretty mediocre. Because every other time in one of these movies we have seen someone do the mask routine, the implication is, well, they fucking mastered this. They're a master disguise. They're a regular pistachio disguisey. They can pull off anyone, right? And Haley Atwell's like, I don't do, I don't fucking impersonate people. I don't wear masks. What are you right. talking so about? She's just sort of being like, yes, I am naughty. Yes. Can you sign this specific thing saying that Haley Atwell is innocent forever? <laughs> yes. That's my one demand. Yes. So um, that's going on. Atwell's sort of learning how to own the nitty gritty of being an IMF agent, all the sort of like weird theatrics of it while Cruz is trying to figure out how to get onto right. the train. So how how is he going to get onto the train? Well, there's only one way to do it, which is, what do they call it? Sp speed kiting or something? Yes. Uh, fuck, what do they call it? Ben, do you remember this? Ah, fucking hell. Uh, no, I don't. There's I, like, thought the, I thought the kites were to get him off the train. Both. 
Okay. Yes. Right, right, right. Because there's the kite off the... What he ends up doing, a friend of the show, a, a participant in this episode, Patrick Willems, pointed out, I think very wisely, he ends up basically having to drive a motorcycle off the Paramount Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right, right. In the same summer where Indiana Jones can no longer do the transition from the Paramount logo to the first image, it does feel kind of telling that Cruz is sort of like going like, how do I get off this fucking mountain? And the only way is right up to the top and off it in a move that's sort of him saying like, hey, I just want you to remember, I'm the king of Paramount for all time. Remember when Sumner Redstone tried to end our fucking overall deal? He's dead and I'm the biggest movie star in the world. Right. Yes. Um, but yes, then he does this kiting thing, which I watched some uh, uh, video, one of these behind the stunts videos. Where they're like, it's much more dangerous than skydiving, speed He's like, it's diving. A, it's a very speed. particular dangerous like, sport. What the fuck are you, talking, are you about? talking about? You can't just do a thing right. and call it a sport. Right. You're like, it's not skydiving. It's like being close to the ground with a bigger... You're looping around, I guess, yeah. and stuff. You're uh, on this like... So, sorry to interrupt, but mm. I just remembered a, Please interrupt. a thing that Ben told me. Mm. What's that? When we saw this movie. There is something that Ben has in common with Ethan Hunt. Interesting. Go on. Ben's looking at me like he has no idea what I'm talking about. You've gone skydiving. Yeah. That's true. We've talked yeah. about this, I think. Yeah. Yes. You've yes. gone skydiving. But you've never done this thing, whatever the fuck this is Whatever called. the fuck this is, no. Definitely not. Yeah. Because th this is like short range, yes. right? Like, um, what are they, like, what's the, like, the other more common example base of- Base jumping? Base jumping. Right. Right. No, yeah. I would never fuck with that. Right. I feel like I would not be able to get off the motorcycle cleanly. You no. Know? No, look, I would not be able to do any of these. Things. I would describe the whole sequence of I'd events as at, impressive. I'd be good at the mask wearing I stuff. I might call them, I think, impossible. Impossible missions. Yeah. This train sequence is, every, I think all the action sequences in this movie are good. Mm -hmm. Doing an action sequence of Mission Impossible has become a fairly high stakes thing, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Tough to top the best. The Burj Khalifa, the Opera House, right? Yes. The ones that people rewatch and remember. Yes. Um, but I do think this is a crowning achievement. Uh, this whole train sequence for them. I would agree. It's just it's it's uh it's really good stake setting. Like beyond right. the stunts themselves, it's right. just he's always really good at the kind of thing that like Spielberg was always best at of just like setting up seven obstacles. Right. And keeping you super aware of all of them. You're constantly just like, you know where everyone is in relation to everyone else and what the objectives are and what needs to be done, what could go wrong, what could go right. And there's like the thing where you're just like, I know what's going to fucking happen. Haley Atwell's going to be in danger and Cruz is going to fly through the window at the absolute perfect moment. Like, of course. He's struggling to get on the train. And of course, he's going to land perfectly in a way that solves three problems at once. And still, when it happens, it's the most satisfying shit in the world. The audience applauded. Um, as Because uh, they it's what they wanted. They yes. applauded because something they wanted. They've been waiting for it. been shown to them. Yes. Another thing, I think uh, this... You guys keep talking. I am not doing a bit, and no one's going to knock on the door. I simply have to pee. Okay. I, I promise. Okay. Okay, and I promise if someone knocks on the door when he's in the bathroom, <laughs> I quit the show. <laughs> uh, Forever. So... Does this happen on the train that Gabriel comes out of a coffin? Yeah, we saw, yes, right, his computer coffin. Yeah, but he's also connected to some sort of, like, gas mask. He's, like, he's a like mainlining he, entity. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. 
I want to yeah. know more about this. It, I feel like, or my interpretation is he's absorbing the world's information. Correct. Because he's obsessed with truth. Right. And this idea of knowing the ultimate absolute truth. Right. And so I think he's, for what the human mind can can take, right. taking like, it all in. But he, he's sucking it in? Like well, he's, he's breathing getting extra it in? oxygen, right? Yeah. And like he's just, yeah, like taking in just all the world's information. Here's what I like about the Mission Impossible movies, right? Like stuff like this or what was Ethan Hunt's past. And like if the next movie explains them to me further, I trust that the way they would do it would be interesting to me. But also if they never dig into this further, the implication of it is interesting enough for me. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, I'd be happy to know the answers. I'd also happy to be like, remember he like sleeps in a computer coffin? Whoa, whoa. And he gets some power from Rebecca it. Rebecca Ferguson just walked in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello. Do, do you have thoughts on this, David? What is Gabriel doing when he's sucking in the entity in a coffin? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the simplest explanation is, you know, he's getting his instructions, yeah. right? You know, and that's fine. I would just love to live in a future where I can mainline information like that. I wouldn't. I want to know I'm less. Gonna, I'm going to be a no one. I am with Thumbs you. Down. Yeah, yeah, I just want to like read a book in like five minutes. Yeah. Like, so you're only living like the Matrix where it's like, yeah. and then you're like, yeah. I can fly a helicopter. Right. You want to know yeah. kung fu. Instead of yeah. sitting up all night just going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, I could just be like, okay, now I know everything yeah. about that random war. Right. Yeah. This was, no, my first move would be, let's take all websites down. I don't trust myself to have them. So you want a new dark age. Correct. I'm just like I, I'm not opposed. If they're there, I'm gonna go to them and I'm gonna look up dumb things. I'm but just gonna waste my fucking time. It, we'd all be out of jobs. Yeah, whatever. What would we do to analog. make money? Till the analog. Fields. What's the podcast analog? We'll send out cassette tapes. Yeah, we'll send cool. cassette tapes in the mail. It'll be fucking underground. That'd be cool. It does feel. Should like, we make of like a? Should we press a f fucking records of someday? us talking? Yeah, it yeah. seems like an insult to the material that is vinyl. <laughs> 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 to scratch our voices into it. <laughs> it's just cruel. All of our best of moments. Yeah. Yeah. The vinyl is like, what is this? You should do a vinyl that's just the ad reads. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, sales. I'm seeing yeah. here. Oh, sales. Uh oh. <laughs> do an ad read for it. Pump up sales. Um, it just excites me that I feel like the next movie is setting up them having to go even further in a direction where it's like, we are completely off the grid. Mm -hmm. We are afraid of technology. We need to figure out alternate right. ways around everything. Right, they were using a wood computer. That is my dream. A wood computer? Yeah. Fucking courier <laughs> pigeons. I just like I'm, I just yeah. I made this computer out of a tree. Yeah. What if they start doing like the, like the, like tele telegram, like... Yeah, good. Morse code? Morse code, yeah. yeah. I hope there's a ton of knocking in the next movie. <laughs> Even smoke signals. Yeah. Par Paramount executives hold head in hand. Yeah. Well, you Entire know, movie is Morse code. A very cool, like, low-tech uh, low bit that they do in this movie is when Tom is in the desert and he signals to Ilsa by, like... Doesn't he like flash his like a knife or some like a mirror uh, the at, the, at the light yeah. and or at the yeah. sun and she yeah. yeah that was cool more I of that stuff I just want Luther saying like we're gonna go after off the grid yeah. I'm sitting on a tree stump now <laughs> yeah <laughs> no metal chairs for me <laughs> Ethan everyone's tree riding stump. bicycles in the next movie yeah <laughs> uh, yeah cool stuff um, oh and then the train so a bridge blows up. 
Yeah, which is just the shot from the general. Yeah. Feels like a, an overt yep. homage. And Both of them have talked about yes. how much inspiration they take from Buster and then being like, what are the things we haven't gotten to do yet? Blow up a train. And this one shot of the bridge collapsing feels like the shot from the general. And then it turns into the sequence from Lost World Jurassic Park times five. Where uh, one yeah. by one, the cars are tipping over and it's, they're slowly trying to get their way out of them. It's a dream. It's so good. Um, and yeah, the fun of every time they get out of one car, it falls to the ground right. calamitously and loudly and your right. nerves are all jangled. And then it's like, okay, we got to do it again. Right. Like, you know, yes, oh, keep the getting physics, cars. You yes. feel yes. it. You and really feel it and in like, every car. It, you know, and this sequence uses more CGI than than a lot of the movie does because of just it's impossible yeah. to pull off. But even still, they're just like, they're selling the physics of it really well. They're building the tension really well. When they like get into the next car and you're like, fuck, it's the kitchen car. I just thought everyone the was going to get going. burned by oil. Yes. And there's the moment where he's having to convince her to jump and save Palm's life, but it's like him saying the like, I know this seems impossible. Right. But we can do it together. Right. Basically. You have to trust me versus the thing that feels like the safe thing to do. You need to do the insane thing. You need to do the insane thing and you need to believe in me versus, you know, believing only in yourself or whatever. Right. Not trusting anyone. But this is when they save Palm as well. They save Palm. Uh, they pull her up. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what Shea Wiggum is back and he's there. So we haven't yeah. talked about him. I what have in my notes that dream he you is. just you yelped when he showed up on you, screen. You clapped. I clapped. <laughs> I love him. I think I'm not the only person on earth. No. Uh, who's a Shea fan, right? I'll, I'll say this. When he, he, he puts in the work. When he started. I feel like early 2000s when I started seeing him pop up and stuff. Mm. He was one of those guys where I was like, this guy's doing too much. And uh, he is a guy where it's like, it almost felt like when he was younger, he was trying to play Grizzled. Mm -hmm. And he has aged into it so well. So where, what didn't you like him? What, what's a, what are you thinking of? You know, the one I think of, and First I also... thing I really noticed him in was Boardwalk Empire. I know he'd been around before. Yeah. Um, a movie that I, I don't even blame him for that much because I don't think the thing is uh, good and I think his part is particularly bad uh, but Risk Cutter's A Love Story well that's a bad wow Correct. I forgot about that movie where he's pl essentially playing the guy from Gogo Bordello uh, God. that just, whole thing is a nightmare just words I don't want to hear no, you absolutely know? but I just remember being that one where I'm like this guy's doing a lot of shit yeah. Uh, he's really good in all the real girls. That's the early one he's incredible oh, in. Oh, yeah. He is really good in that. I forgot yes. he's in that. Right. So I thought he was great in that. But, like, yeah, fucking his career goes back to Tigerland. Yeah. Then all the real girls he's great in. And then it's, like, this run of, right, Lords of Dogtown Lords is of Dogtown, one. Dogtown, Pride and Glory. You know, he could play a cop. He could right. play kind of a bartender. Right. Uh, he's in Fast and Furious 4. He is. And then uh, they bring him back bring in back 9. Bring him back for 6 and 9. Yes. Uh, as, like, a... FBI guy. Protocol New Orleans. He just starts to become one of those guys where I'm always happy to see him. He just ages into the exact guy Excellent he wanted like, to be. Uh, Kong Skull Island, which yes. is not a movie I like, but no, like, I think excellent. he's having fun in that. He's excellent he's in Wolf of Wall Street. he's very natural. He sells this stuff really kind of honestly. Eben Moss really Backrack, in, um, I was talking man. about this with my brother as another guy who was just like, when he was younger, it felt like he couldn't wait to seem a little more world-weary. Yes. Like, are we talking girls or pre-girls? Pre-girls. Pre-girls. I don't he's know him from anything. He's in like the Royal girls. Tenenbaums. He's yeah. been around he? forever. He's yeah. a bell cop in the Royal Tenenbaums. He? He's, he's like mid 40s. Yeah, 46. Yeah. What? That's the thing. Girls was the first moment where it was like, this guy now looks the way he's always wanted to look. Um, he's finally gotten a little bit of edge on him. He was like a little too pretty. He's just one of those guys. 
Lola where? versus? Is he in Lola versus? Am I right about that? Remember sure Lola is. versus? I mean, I don't want to, but I do. Um, he's just one of those guys where I'm like, I, as much as him as you want to give me, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he Mona Lisa smile. Yeah, this is the he thing. He played Mona Lisa in it. <laughs> He has a beguiling smile. He is in Lola versus. He was just kind of like handsome indie boy for a while. And you could tell how much he didn't like it. Yeah, he because he's he's he is pretty, but right, he, yeah. he more wanted to play stressed out weirdo dirt bags, and now he's same with Trey Wickham, where it's just like all this guy wants to play is stressed out. And I do think, as opposed to a lot of the guys who like come up against Ethan Hunt, who have like a little bit of their juice themselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Someone like Baldwin really being able to like cook and simmer a monologue. Shea Wiggum's like, I just want to get this fucking over with. This guy's so fucking annoying to me. And you have Greg Tarzan Davis in this scene I really like that some people might think is a little too on the nose where they're like in the bar car of the train. Mm -hmm. And he's like, can you explain to me why we don't like this guy? So, so that's what I love. Are yes. we set? It seems like we're setting him up to also join the squad. The I would think so. Yeah. Yes. Um. The, so the whole thing is... Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin in, in uh, I guess it's in five, really. Sure. Um, Renner in four. Mm -hmm. There's This is the common thing of, like, the guy who's starting out being like, I'm not in for Ethan Hunt. Right. I play things by the book over here. Yes. And by the end of the movie, they're like, he's kind of won me over. Like, I think one. this guy is kind of for real. Yeah. And Shay is putting me put in that part. Because everyone comes in and thinks, like, this guy's just fucking showboating. Yes. Um, I And so he's like... But it, I feel like it's even more explicit in this one because the intelligence community is really sick of the IMF yes. and Ethan Hunt that he, by the end of the movie, is like, I think this guy might be for real and I think you, Kittredge, yeah. might be kind of full of shit. What are you doing on this? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And because Shea Wiggum just feels like a salt-of-the-earth guy yeah. and kind of feels like a sort of by-the-book guy yes. in this, he plays that so perfectly where yeah. he's sort of like, Man, fuck, you know, like grudging, you know, like, I, I just love that moment at the and, end. And Tarzan Davis was being a guy who's just trying to move his way up in the company, and he's like, look, I'm not trying to, like, rock the boat, but I genuinely just am, am asking questions. He's genuinely right. asking, asking questions. questions. Right. Is there a chance this guy's just for real? That um, he actually right. is just acting in everyone's best interest, and maybe we shouldn't trust the people who are telling us that he isn't? Right. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be an 8-2, yes. right? Yeah, I so. think basically everyone in this movie is backing it. Other than Becky Ferks. Uh, right. Maybe she'll do a flashback. Twin sister. Uh, ooh. Bring back uh, her character. From Elsa? Am I being international? Through M Lady with the zigzag hair. Uh, um, so uh, the movie basically ends there because, right, at this point, it's basically just all right. We've succeeded. Gabriel and Ethan have a fight on top of the train. That's the sequence that kind of echoes the, mm -hmm. the big end set piece from the first Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. And then, right. It also references Under Siege 2. Correct. And the Wolverine. They do yeah. go into dark territory. Right. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are in dark territory. Right. But, um... Should also shout out Dead Reckoning, obviously, is, you know, sort of like the manual analog means of navigation that existed before yes. you could calculate longitude and stuff. And I did not know what that meant. The submarine says in the first scene, like, we're yeah. navigating by Dead Reckoning right sure. now. Sure. That's Cool. And that's, you know, if you want to get away from the AI. We should mention Gabriel also has a watch that's like a countdown clock that basically when time's up, he's just like, I should jump. Yeah, he does that. But it's also sometimes like, deet, deet, and he's like, time to neg someone. Yeah. Right. You know, like it's telling him everything. It's giving him his next move. Right. Right. It's it's like uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto, like assigning him the next mission. Um, 
but uh, yeah, they're like fighting and Cruz basically has him. And there's been this whole thing where Luther gives him this whole speech. Another moment that fucking Ving kills where he's like, you cannot kill this guy. You cannot uh, okay. kill this guy. I know you want to. I understand why you're going to want to. And I think it is going to overtake you in the moment. It is betting on you doing that. Right. I know you think you'll be beating it and winning something, but we like really have to think about what it expects out of you. It's it's sort of a summer of George thing where he's saying like, you need to do the opposite of what Ethan would do in every situation yeah. because it's anticipating you doing the thing. Um, so he gets to the moment where he's got his knife up to Gabriel's throat and like blood is showing. Yeah, he gets, he he does draw blood. Right. You think he actually might do it. Wiggum and Tarzan Davis come with guns and even still are like, Ethan, just don't fucking don't do Ethan shit. And he's just like, guys, do not fuck this up. Please listen to me. I'm Ethan Hunt. I'm the star of these movies. Seven. We're already deep in production on eight. I'm telling you, I know how these work. You just entered into the franchise. And then watch goes off. He jumps into the back of a truck. He gets away. He doesn't get the key. Thank no. God. Ethan has close-up magic to the key away mm -hmm. from him. Which you only find out at the very end. Right. But he has gotten away to, to live to make another Mission Impossible film. Right. But I do think it's like, I've been seeing complaints about the part one-ness. And I'm kind of like, these movies always end with there's another mission. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's not there's not finality to Mission Impossible movies. I look, I I could not be more sick of the two part sequel thing, and I'm fine sure. with movies leaving things open ended for the next one or whatever. I think it's more just in the planning of these things when you have to come up with two movies at once, and you're dividing across two films versus each film being treated as let's throw everything we have at it, this one, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back to the table when this is done. And in a lot of the cases, that's what ends up happening. Like this in Spider-Verse, they're like, the story got too big, so we broke it into two, and we thought we were going to do them back-to-back, -back, and instead we really did the first one, and then we had to do the second one a lot later. And I'm like, what? Are you, then what's even the point here? Yeah, I mean, it's always a fool's errand. Is there any... The closest is Lord of the Rings yes. to, like, this working... You know what I mean? I think people... But, like, works, even that, they had to reshoot it a zillion times and all that. You know, it's like, this doesn't work. It works... Look, it, it works better, perhaps, when you were dividing a book and you're just like, well, there is a starter text we were working with. Rather, if you're starting with a blank page, it's like, then come up with enough for the one movie you're making right now and then save some stuff for later. But much like uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which similarly has a fucking Shea Wiggum throwing heat performance True. as Captain Gwen Stacy. True. And and he has the scene where he sort of closes the loop on her arc that at least makes that movie feel... She has an arc. If not self-contained, you're right. like, there's a complete emotional journey that happens with her that makes it feel like a full meal, at least through a prism. I think the same final scene between him and uh, Haley Atwell in this movie serves the same function, where they basically keep on pitching to her the like, there's going to be the moment where you have to say to him, I was told to make a choice and I'm choosing yes. And no matter what you've done to that moment, no matter how much they want to arrest you and throw you in the Hague, if you say that to them and say, Ethan told me to say this, they're like, fuck, we have to let you be an agent. You're on the good side of the law now, right? You're right, 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 right. And this sequence has been so clearly traumatizing for her. That moment that you said that Haley Atwell kills where it's like... Her face is so good. She goes through like 87 emotions in five seconds. Of like, I can't believe he's actually asking me that. I think he means it. Yeah. How do I feel? And she says... I'm so stressed out. Right. right. She, you, you kind of expect the version of the scene where she like comedically goes like, mm, I'm fine. 
And instead, she's like, no, I'm not okay. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I've been there. I remember what it was like, right? So you're almost thinking she's going to push back in this moment or she's going to turn away and go rogue on her own or just be too overwhelmed by the whole situation. And the moment where she's like, I can let Ethan get away, which I need to do. There's only room for one, right? That's the thing. They only have the one escape the one parachute. parachute. Yeah. And I'm going to make the choice. And when she makes the choice, it doesn't feel like she's saying that out of a, like a strategic move. In that moment, you suddenly see her go like, I think this is actually what I want to do. And everyone has to accept it. And I found that to be a pretty thrilling conclusion. As, as an emotional arc for this character across this movie, understanding how someone could start out the film in one place and actually by the end of it sign up for this insane fucking life. Right. I loved it. It made me so happy. I'm so glad you loved it. I did too because I've been so bummed out by movies this year. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta love the good. Yeah, well, movies need to be better. Is this your number one of the year so far? No, my number one of the year is Blackberry. Oh, okay. hell yeah. I still need to oh, see it. movie I think is incredible. I mean, I love Blackberry. You know I love Blackberry. I know you love Blackberry. You know who else loves Blackberry? Who? My daughter. But not the movie. The, the fruit. Well, then pluralize it, my friend. She's obsessed. Weird for you to make it singular. Here's the thing. What? Only she one? Says, well, well, no. She'll eat lots of them. But she what? said Blackberry. Okay. Backberry? Backberry. 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 Are, are you sure she's asking you to rent the movie? Because it's available at PVOD. <laughs> if she's saying it like that. Maybe she wants you to take her to IFC $20 Center. $20 rental. It's still playing every day. Yeah. No, it rules. That's my number one. Uh, a full-time The French Movie, I think, is still my number two of the year. Wait, what's... Oh, yeah. I really need to see right. that. Fucking love. Well, you know what? Yeah. Why didn't you bring me to see it then I'm if you sorry. love it so much? This might be my number three. <laughs> You're sorry. Okay. I'm very, I'm very sorry. That's a good question. Where do I put this? Did I rank it after I saw it? I mean, look, I'm excited to see it again, but it was just like, it was such a movie movie for me. It gave me like all the thrills I want out of. Um, the thrills. But, but also just like this like money up on screen, mm -hmm. right? Like absolute movie star wattage. I do think there's this thing where it was like, Rebecca Ferguson has felt like such a discovery in this franchise, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, she was not on short list for these movies. They plucked her out of like a Showtime series. Yeah, she'd done a, a thing. white queen or right. something. Right, the white queen. And white then has queen. become like one of her best, right? And then like Haley Atwell and Palm Clementif are both people who have been like stuck in the Marvel thing. That's like this incredible platform, but then it sometimes ends up being a dead end for a lot of actors where it's like, well, what do you do now? And much in the way that I think he like used Cavill better than anyone has used Cavill, he finds these people where it's like, they're not really getting, like, the bespoke, fitted outfit movie star role for them. Mm -hmm. Even if it's part of the ensemble. Mm -hmm. The thing mm -hmm. that's purely just them selling it through sheer will and craft. Mm. And wattage. Watto. And watto. Um, and it just throws me, and I think this movie has, like, actual... Uh, Does it hold you? Does it kiss you? It held me, it kissed me. Does it kill you? It did. Um... No, I think it's, like, dealing with... It, it's... I, I think it's got provocative uh, ideas. I think Ooh. it is one of the only things I've seen talk about AI in a way that feels emotional rather than this sort of like speculative hand-wringing, you know, or trying to like game out where do we go from here, where it really is like, what does it feel like to live in a world where you just don't really know if anything's real anymore? And we've already been in like an aggressive misinformation age and AI has just made all of that faster and it's just speeding up at a rate that's like, I don't know, my, my cousin works in AI I saw him in January when I was out in San Francisco. He's there in like the fucking... AI is good, Griffin. He 
was not doing, doing that. And I think he had a really interesting take on everything where he was very even handed about it and he was like, I think the good applications of AI are this. I think people trying to do this are wrong, right? Sure. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder if that's going to stick. If it does, it'd be to the detriment of that. Like had a very even handed view of all of it. But I think about that conversation, which was seven months ago, and like everything he said to me has changed 87 times since then. And I don't know if it's for better or worse. I don't know where any of this ends up. But this movie, like, speaks to that in, in that way that, like, that golden age of, like, 70s paranoid thrillers were really, like, tapping into a moment of, like, grave uncertainty and distrust. And it didn't feel like it was, um, I don't know, a posture. Griffin, my question to you. Sure. Where do you put it in your Mission Impossible ranking? So we were just talking about this. We're talking about it with the Doughboys. Yes. Uh, because Weiger basically like defaults to Fallout, maybe being his favorite movie. Yeah, I mean, I think Fallout at this point, I'm I have to tip the cap. Yeah, my and I I love Ghost Protocol and have that number two. Right, and those two are unassailable for me until yeah. further notice. My question was whether I put this uh, above or below Rogue Nation, which is my third favorite. Right, I think Rogue Nation is my solid number two. Always, I love that. Loved. For a long time, I liked it more than Fallout, even after Fallout's release. A lot of it is just that it's... Fallout's just... At this point, you're just kind of like, okay, Fallout runs master. the world. Right, right. Yeah. right. But I just love uh, Rogue Nation being the, the Elsa movie. Um, uh, maybe her twin sister's named Anna. Maybe they do Elsa and Anna. Uh, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. I think the Macquarie Trilogy are my three favorites, and I think I put this at third and Ghost Pro at number four, but I think those four movies are kind of, like, fucking undeniable. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fine thing to think. Yeah, and it's like, you could say, like, well, so then this is a disappointment if you're coming off of, like, five was better than four, and four was better than three, and six was better than five. And I'm like, no, because I just like that they're trying different shit. I like that they are not trying to outdo themselves, that they are, like, pivoting into interesting directions. Marie? Uh, do you have a ranking? I don't know yet. That's fine. I, I will say... Do you have a favorite Mission Impossible movie? I might I might have Rogue Nation as my number one. That's fine. Rogue Nation rules. That's fine. I know Fallout's great. I like Cavill in that. Mm. Um, mustache. Mustache. Pumping the, yeah. the arms. Yeah, it was cool. Um... Uh, I am a defender of two. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to acknowledge that it is not as good <laughs> as the other movies in the uh, sure. Yeah, I think two it's second. Yeah, fine. But any, you know, but yeah. anyone who's like, oh god, that movie's unwatchable. No, I'm no, like, what no. are you talking? But, 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 but two lives at the bottom of the list. Yeah, it's, it's right. Bong. But I think all of, I think all of the Mission Impossible movies are good. Yeah, I agree. I think I basically, I think two is a very flawed movie. I like watching all of them, though. There's uh, yeah, things I like, I like all in them. all of them. Yeah. Ben, do you have a favorite? Do you care? Do you want to go to sleep? It's kind of hot uh, in this room. It's kind of hot in this room. kind of hot in this room. I don't know if I, you know, have a favorite. Mm -hmm. okay. But what's coming to mind right now is I have watched these, some of these kind of recently, and I think Rogue, Na Rogue Nation really hit for me. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's yeah. a grower. Uh, also, much like Kevin Klein's penis and Dave, we'll never know. <laughs> That's we'll what you never see first. Know. He got it up faster. I thought than this he was to. a grower. This guy's now looking he, like a uh, he's got shower. a shower. He's got a shower in the shower. Oh my god! 
that setup is also very weird. That presidential bathroom. It's very weird shower. Yeah, Five it's a, designed movie. only for someone to see your penis, like, and wonder, is that the penis I've always remembered? I'll take a bullet for you, Dave. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Right Maybe should... second best behind draft Ghostbusters. Day. Yeah, draft day. <laughs> draft day. <laughs> behind draft day. <laughs> I think. I think it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I think that is his uh, uh, greatest accomplishment as a filmmaker, if that makes sense. Really? I'm like, over that's, Ghostbusters? I'm like, that's the movie I give him the most credit for as a director, whereas like Ghostbusters is just kind of like everyone in the right place at the right time, and he made great decisions as like a traffic cop. I don't say to like diminish his role. Sure. But it's like he's balancing all these different voices. And Dave is just him like finding a Gary Ross script and being like, I'm going to make my fucking Frank Capra movie. And every performance is perfect. Yeah. Groden, Kingsley, Linney. Right. right. Just across the board. Langella. Yeah. Kevin Dunn. We're, I'm, I'm ready to announce that our next Patreon series will be Dave. Just watching Dave. And then meet Dave. <laughs> oh, God. That's a real come down. Are there any other Dave movies? Good question. Probably. Right? Would we include Search David's or just Dave? I know it's, it's got to be Dave's. Dave. Okay. We watch all of FX as Dave. Oh, no, I really don't want to do this. I am Dave. Mike and Dave need wedding dates? Mm. Uh, that sort of falls into Alien versus Predator category. It's like we do a <laughs> Dave Mike Dave Chappelle's series. block party? Yeah. Does, it's built specifically as Dave. It could, be, it could be part of the Dave's. There's a movie from 2023. Three called Bank of Dave. Bank of Dave? Yeah. Well, now I've heard Starring it. Rory Kinnear. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're, we're done. We're done. Uh, this is the kind of behavior that oh, happens yeah. when we're done. Yeah. Um, what's up, Ben? Well, final thoughts. Yeah. The gas masks. Um, the we little didn't mini, mini gas mask. Very cool. Yeah. Fucking this little like, nose the, pincher. Oh, and also yeah. the, the, the gas bomb that he like throws theatrically into the air and then it goes like poof. Yeah, yeah. and cool. it's like a green gaseous cloud, green gas. like Chip Smith's ex-wife. That's true. <laughs> Chip Chip Smith, the entity has a lot of Chip Smith energy. I feel the entity. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think that's going to be a takeaway from a lot of people. Yeah, where you're like, what's the entity's deal? Pass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to say, I'm glad you accept the mission. Thank God, Ben. Thank God you. I... How did we do timeline-wise? Is this two and a half hours? Like two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, two and a half. With ads, yeah. Um, All right. Okay. Or at least close. Box okay. office, it'll be this. Sort of tracking around 90, 100. Sort of the yeah. highest ever really, emission. Really? I heard it was like 87 for the five day, which is... That's, that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. No. Nothing no. tracks at 87. Things track at, in round numbers. I don't know. I was listening to the latest episode of The Town. Okay. And he did his little call sheet at the end. I know David just made a face. Yeah. But you could, I did not make a face. I respect everybody it. People out could there. hear the eye roll. Uh -huh. They could hear his eyeballs going. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, I mean, Hollywood Reporter had it tracking at 90, okay. which would be the highest for the... It's not a franchise that opens high. It's no, a franchise it that holds lives. quite well. That was yeah. surprising right. to me when Top Gun Maverick was Cruise's biggest ever. Because I was yeah. like, He never had $100 million over. He's yeah, not an insane. opener in no. the, that sense uh, of the world. I, I do think this is going to open over. 100 is my prediction just because the summer has been a little bit underwhelming and it feels like this movie has more genuine excitement behind it. Yeah, it's funny that... Yes, yes. The box, the globe, the, the box office is actually not really down at all, but it's be partly because the spring was kind of hot. Yeah. And then the summer has been a little cool. I also just think Mostly because most of the movies have been released uh, were not good. That's the thing. Huge issue. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, as much as everyone wants to wring their hands, like Hollywood, you got to make movies. The grosses haven't see. been terrible. I just think there's been a little bit of a, a lack yeah. in enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, it's okay. Well, no. I brought the tomato meter, 89 reviews, and 98%. Dead Reckoning? Yeah. I'm just like, who? Who didn't like it? And that know. was calculated through Dead Reckoning, the tomato meter. They yes. were like, Dead Reckoning those tomatoes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm looking here. The entity gave it 10 out of 10. That's what it wants you to think it gave it. Yeah. This is also a good time to announce we're really excited to be joining the Entity Entertainment Network, the EEN. Uh, streaming everywhere on every screen that exists in society. Yes. Next week, Oppenheimer. Correct. Are we doing a Barbie episode? No, because we haven't covered her. She's an example of someone we'd wait to cover someday. No, we'll do an emergency episode on Insidious the Red Door, of course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Patrick Wilson series begins right. here. We've made this very clear. We're not doing emergency episodes anymore, unless the door is about to be open, <laughs> in which case uh, I, we must be there to step through it. I'm going to say, I don't know if you guys agree with me. Mm. We kind of already knew about the Narnia news. Like, this isn't new news, right? It got floated and you were like, is this some dumb Netflix rumor? Like, a Twitter rumor, and now it seems I to just be. don't know why Greta Gerwig would think she can make an adaptation of a beloved young reader's book. No, I... I, I just don't know what she's... No, thinking. She's never had any success in that sphere. Funny, David, but... I don't think she thought that was funny. Uh, Narnia... She's angry. Narnia. Her eyebrows are pointing down. I'm, it, to me, that feels like a very British text. Mm-hmm. What is her take? I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this. Like, two things in a row where you were like, do we need another Little Women? And she was like, I got a real take. And they're like, do we need a Barbie movie? And she's like, I got a real take. Well, we don't know if the Barbie movie's good. No, but she's kind of things with real takes. Right. So I'm, I'm just, just curious. I'm like, what? what is your... I'm assuming Narnia, she has some take. Like and I don't know what it chronic is. Chronic what? Cults of Narnia. What oh if she does God. that? God. I what forgot about that? that. How could you forget? Lazy Monday. Lazy Monday. <laughs> no, I'm saying that would be her. Afternoon. Lazy Sunday was the original, and she's like, I'm oh, going right, to take yeah. it to Monday. I'm going to start the whole week off lazy. lazy Sunday. Yeah. Remember when that was like the biggest video ever on YouTube? <laughs> Basically created YouTube. <laughs> uh, next week, Oppenheimer. Week after that, back to Park. Which one will we be up to at that point? Lady Vengeance? Uh, we'll have done Lady Vengeance, so we're going to have... Uh, I'm a cyborg, but that's okay oh, right after Oppenheimer. Yeah. A, a nice episode. A nice episode. A, a fun, real fun one. one. A real fun one. Yeah. Um, but uh, I hope you all uh, enjoy uh, Dead Reckoning. And if you have your own thoughts, don't share them with us. Griffin. Share it with blankcheckpotic twitter.com. Or on Blue Sky. You can share the internet exists. Share them. I gave you that invite. Yeah, thank you, David. You're welcome. The internet exists. You can share. You can put your thoughts out there. I'm saying don't just come at me and be like, well, I disagree. All right. I He's thought the entity had bad points. He's made that clear. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie, Marie Barty. Party, Barty. And it's an entity party this time. Um, thank you to Ben. I want to go to a Bentity party. <sighs> that's that's a good. Name now. Yeah, I should host a party the Bentity. where you're the AI. Bentity party that yeah. I design and I just watch people or something. From a different room. Uh, Ben's birthday <laughs> party was uh, piercing themed, by the way. He had a uh, magnetic piercing so everyone could give themselves their own bad boy 2.0 era. It was really surprising to see some people with, a, you know, like their uh, septum pierced. I thought Nelly had done it for real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I fucked up a bit, we should just say. Yeah. Uh, Marie was trying to set up a bit where he, she was going to convince 
David that Griffin got his ear pierced we sent at a picture. my party. Okay, yeah. okay. B- a bunch of things about this. If you want to have this on air, there was a piercing it. party, and that there was a piercing. Marie sent. Now, have party. you guys seen the other two episodes where he's trying to send a selfie, and then the live picture no. uh, reveals the, his asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good episode. Okay. And so Marie sent a picture that was live, you uh-huh. know, how Apple and the li- in the live picture you can essentially see Griffin affixing an earring. <laughs> which is the sort of hurt her case a little bit. Mm-hmm. Marie's doing the whole he pierced his ear. Nelly did it at the party. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, sounds like a bad part. <laughs> <Apple. laughs> Bunch and of and thirty something piercing each other's ears. <laughs> yeah, and uh and uh, so then I'm just sort of doing the thing with Marie where I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 you got his ear pierced. And you're like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, great. You know, my friends are lying to me in text message form. And well, then Ben on another thread is like, yeah, we have magnetic piercings. <laughs> Blowing the bit anyway. But let's also acknowledge that you went off into a separate yeah. text with Marie and went, confirm for me that this I is I was not- like, what is this? Because I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I was like, why are you lying to me? I hate lies. I hate being lied to. I thought, I mean, it was a little surprising to me, but I thought you looked good with an ear. Well... Know? David, I never disputed that. I got a lot of compliments. You got a lot of compliments. Yeah. I was and we were, we were hanging out with some fancy people. And this was day two, by wait, the way. Wait. Oh, okay. This was, um, should we blow up? I mean, yes. You were. You, this is not at Ben's party. Not that Ben's party didn't have fancy people. I'm sure it did. But you were. This I was, was at the, Ben's party and very many fancy people. We love them. Responded positively but then to my the fake next magnetic day, earring. The next day. We were hanging day, out with very fancy We were hanging people. out with, dare we say it, several movie stars. Yes. And there was a, a sheet of gem stickers going around mm-hmm. and people were putting them on their face. And I went, the ear was working for me yesterday. Let me try it. And people kept on saying, I thought I forgot they were stickers. Yeah. And you're kind of selling the look. It looked good. Several movie stars. You have my blessing. Thank you. But maybe don't do it at a party. Maybe have a professional pierce your ear. Why would I have a professional pierce? <laughs> why, why do it? Why? Why not just do it as sweaty, drunken? So, but I do think of like everyone of we know. I think Nelly would do a good job. Yes, you yeah. would. I'm not trying to say Nelly would do a bad job, but I think Nelly has you. the kind of you know uh, head on her shoulders that she would be like, maybe I shouldn't pierce ears while drunk at a party. <laughs> she yeah. was begging me. <laughs> She had a needle. She said, get that ear over here. Get it over here. Uh, you can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit. Thank you to Joe Bowen, Pat Reynolds for our artwork, Lane Montgomery and the Grand American Novel for our theme song, J.J. Birch, Aiden McKeon for our editing, and... No, no I Alex fucked it up. Barron. Alex Barron and A.J. McKeon for editing. J.J. Birch didn't do shit this week. Enjoy your fucking vacation. And your free shout out. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> yeah, we'll invoice you for that shout out later. Uh, do I, do I thank everybody? Uh, we got to thank, of course, our delivery or yes. our courier, uh-huh. Teo Olson. Great performance, Patrick Willems. We have to also, yeah, thanks, Patrick Willems. Who, on the tape and Marie owes you money for a broken tape recorder. I don't think it's broken. <laughs> no, but I did it's get. It's funny I, that you threw it. It did, was about to self destruct. Did you have to like deliver a micro cassette to him to record upon? No, I just had him record uh, with his own equipment. And then you recorded off the computer speaker? Yeah. Oh, pretty sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was good. Yeah. But that was fun. That was great. I mean, it would have been cooler if it was a pair of Oakley glasses that you had to put on and yeah. they had to I looked into to it. You. And they exploded <laughs> the second you took them off your face. Um, I do want to share though, just because it didn't end up delivering in time. I did, in <laughs> fact, <Another bit. laughs> 
I did, in fact, buy Invisible Ink and a little black light. Oh, my God. Uh, what, Wait, you should have... What was the plan there? The message would have been written in uh, glow-in-the-dark. This message. The, the, uh, what does it then say again? Beneath the party? Or I have party? an Invisible yeah. Ink pen and black light to check my wedding invitations when people don't... Uh, write in their names when they RSVP. It's written in invisible ink who each person is, and I've had to use it a couple times. So I'm just saying. Wow. We I mean, I have so many questions. We could have made this work, Ben. But, but I didn't, I didn't wanna, I was, I was, yeah. I was thrilled to be surprised. I've also, I should mention, I've already suggested to Murray that she change the theme of her wedding to the entity. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an easy pivot, and I think your parents will be on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, and as always, I am genuinely worried to see what bits Ben has prepared for the Oppenheimer episode. <laughs>